This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Daniel McDonald. How are you, Damon? We are good. Uh, we have so much to cover. We, we have we have explicit rules uh, that we have laid down that we there will be no dilly dally, no Duran Duran talk, no uh, crisp talk, no no nothing. We have so much we got to talk about that uh, I think our heads are going to explode. Yes, we've got a full pack show today. We're recording just at the end of night four of the New Japan Cup. We have Ring of Honor announcing an Honor Rumble featuring ROH and New Japan stars that will take place on the G1 Supercar pre-show. Damon, how excited are you to see the somewhat return of the uh, half a New Japan Rumble and half an ROH Rumble? <sighs> um, I know a lot of people are excited for it. I mean, this is going to be like six o'clock in the afternoon, isn't it? It's cutting into our drinking time, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, if this takes out any time from our karaoke bond off, then yeah. we're skipping this shit. I, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 there, there will be a time when we're in that karaoke uh, shot, and you know we're going to be a couple drinks in, and we're going to look at each other and be like, "All right, how important is this, this rumble to you?" Um, and look, everybody wants to get on this show. Right, everybody wants to get uh, a piece of this pie, so you know this is the easiest way to get as many people as you can on the show, so that they can say they wrestled in Madison Square Garden and put it on their resume. Um, I can't blame them for doing that, and I'm sure it'll be fun. Right, they're always at least interesting and fun, and oh, who's the next guy to come in? And they always chuck in some surprises, right? And I'm sure there'll be plenty with. Um, all the WrestleCon stuff and all the other. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say secondary shows, but all the other side shows that are that are on that weekend. A lot of names being brought in, a lot of talent. So yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fine. But again, it is <laughs> it is going to be a hustle getting over to that to that uh, Madison Square Garden show because our day is going to be booked. You know, we have a we have a dinner right that we have booked and uh, drinks and karaoke. We got a lot going on that fucking Saturday. So. Um, Let's 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 not let's not you know let's not put anything else on the show. Let's let's leave it at this, please. One person who may be making an appearance is El Fantasmo. So we got a short video clip in the anniversary show, which announced that he would be joining the Bullet Club. So a few questions about this. Chris says, "How does El Fantasmo fit into the fold?" My initial thought, Damon, was that we might be seeing him making a junior tag team with Robbie Eagles. So I thought they that would be a nice idea. Uh, I would expect El Fantasmo to be going into Best of the Super Juniors. What about you? How do you see him sliding in? Yeah, I mean, well, he won, like I said, the a uh, couple of weeks ago. He won the, not that he won a couple of weeks. I said a couple of weeks ago that he had, you know, won the uh, Rev Pro British Cup. What do they call it? The British Shake Cup. Um, so I would think he would he is slotted in as a junior, which, you know, gives Bullet Club... Uh, Ishimori and him now, and, you know, Robbie Eagles. That's a weird, don't you think? Having three juniors in one faction? Kind of odd, right? But yeah. I That's think, what maybe lean towards the junior tag team. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that's probably where that's going to be. I mean, you figure Suzuki Goon has El Desperado and they have uh, Kenamaro, so um, yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing seeing him as a junior. I don't I don't see him as a heavyweight right now, right? Um, but yeah, Bullet Club loading up, loading up again. Uh, and actually, they to me they seem more interesting than they have seen in years. I like the dynamic that they have right now. Um, I, I, truth be told, I, I could have hand waved it months ago and just said, you know, enough of the fucking bullet club. I think it's we can put that out the pasture, but I don't know. It seems like it's got a nice little uh, breath of fresh air. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, definitely. The injection of new blood has helped to freshen things up. Let's go on and talk about this anniversary event, which was Wednesday, March the 6th in Tokyo, the Ota City General Gymnasium. We don't need to talk about all the matches. Um, first thing is that, uh, interestingly, this was filmed in 4K, so maybe a bit of a quality update coming. Um, not that it will make any difference on my shitty internet, but those of you living in the future, maybe something to look forward to. The one standout thing, Damon, was the fact that we did not get the appearance of Hiromu Takahashi and we, well, I personally have been speculating for months. I swear every week on this podcast, I'm saying, oh, I think Hiromi's going to come back at this event because of this and this and this and this. So I said, I, I'm giving up. I'm retiring from predicting Hiromi comes back. He's never coming back, Damon. That's it. Well, he's coming back. Don't, don't, don't give up hope on that. Uh, but yeah, it was a little, a little disappointing. If there's any disappointment on that show, um, it would come in that form because I think everybody was over speculating and and uh, you know we're doing fucking mathematics and analytics and you know we got pie charts and dates and you know we're trying to do, uh, to to break the Hiromo code, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: you can't say that the that the company let anybody down on that one. Right? It wasn't like it wasn't like New Japan was teasing it and it didn't fucking happen. You know, we all over speculated like we like to do because we're a bunch of nerds. Um, eh, we were hoping we were hoping for the little Easter egg and we didn't get it. But uh, he's coming back and it'll be very soon. Sumo Hall's right around the corner, Joel. That best of the Super Juniors right around the corner. So I think we'll see him sooner than later. Speaking of the juniors, the fourth match on the show was the IWGP Junior Tag Championship match with the challengers from Ponky 3K, Sho and Yo, beating the champions Shingo Takaki and Bushi, with Sho pinning Bushi after 3K in 16 minutes and 51 seconds. For me, this was the Shingo show. The whole story of the match seemed to be the fact that it took both Ponky 3K guys not to beat Shingo, but to just get him out of the ring for long enough for them to beat Bushi. So... It's always been the case with these LIJ junior tag matches that Shingo's been presented the star. He still hasn't been pinned or submitted. I don't think that's going to happen for a while. But I must say the match was good, but I found it a bit disappointing. I don't know if it was necessarily as a result of the match being built around how powerful Shingo was. There were some good interactions between he and Sho. They're obviously building to something there. That's a long-term feud that they got planned, it seems. It will be a really cool match to have that maybe as a block final in Best of the Super Juniors show versus Shingo. But I get the feeling they're going to be tangling with each other for a long time to come. Uh, so what did you think of the match? Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Look, I think the handwriting is on the wall with that too. Right? I, I mean, 
that's that's your future <laughs> uh new japan semi main main you know 3 4 5 years down the line uh he's not it, you know i've heard it said before about kenny omega when he was brought in you know he's not there to be a junior and I, I think his time as a junior is going to be do all that he can very quickly and move this guy up to the heavyweight ranks because he fits right in like a like a glove. Um, but Punky 3K, I mean, the, the, the idea, I would think, would be to eventually have them move up, right? Um, I don't think that there's any question about that. Maybe size might be the one challenge there, but I don't think it's going to be that much. I don't think it's going to be that tough to overcome. And I think New Japan is doing a really good job of blurring that line again. And I, we have talked about that many times before where it's like, all right, it's 2019. I think if there's one tradition that we can kind of start erasing is, is that, is that idea of juniors and, and uh, heavyweights. And, you know, let's, I, I know that they really have that hard line of, you know, keeping that tradition alive. And you can. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see. By no means do I want to see them drop the junior strap. Don't get me wrong. But when you have guys like Osprey and you have guys like, um, even you know to a certain degree, like a Robbie Eagles, um, Kota Ibushi was 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 a perfect example. Um, Shingo, guys like that that really are. I mean. It's debatable if they're juniors. Just, you know, just fucking make them heavyweights. They're just smaller heavyweights. It's okay. And Osprey beating literally every giant that's that's come across him is helping to kind of help erase some of that stigma. It does seem that they're going to be building towards a rematch between these two teams. I don't know if that's going to be MSG or Dontaku or something else, but I don't think this feud is quite finished yet. Interesting question here from Vase Collector 420. Who is more likely to betray the other, Show or Yo? Now, I don't think that's going to be happening for a very, very long time. But if I had to call one of them turning on the other, I think it'd probably be Yo. I think there's yeah. that little LIJ connection, which may mean something somewhere down the line. I think so, too. And if you look at, like, I don't know, if you want to build in the jealousy factor, it feels like more people are on the Show bandwagon than they are on the Yo bandwagon. Um, so you could build that, you know, you know, shows your Shawn Michaels right? and yo is your Marty Jannetty. And that's a shit analogy, but that's the best I can come with right now. Um, but you could kind of work that a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, but if I were going to bet, that would be my, that would be my bet. If, and it's just like, they don't even have to break up and it doesn't have to be a, a violent blood feud. For, for them to move on and break up and go on to singles, uh, you know, singles life. But if it were going to happen, I would go that route. The fifth match on the show was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with the champion Taiji Ishimori defeating the challenger Jushin Thunder like it in 15 minutes with the yes lock. I was just stunned at this, Damon, that we've got Liger doing apron cannonballs top rope hurricane runners he's 54 years old this is nuts we got the the cradle flash pin callback from the uh i think that was the iska retirement show which the crowd went nuts for i just thought this was a terrific match i've got it in my top 10 for the year 
I loved it. Ishimori screaming like a nutter with a yes lock at the end of it. And in spite of the fact this was a defence that a lot of people thought was just a filler, I thought it made Ishimori look really good. He's putting quite an impressive run together against unlikely opponents. But of course, the big story here is the news that Jushin Thunder like will be retiring next year. But before we get into that, Damon, what did you think of the match? thought the match was great. thought the match was everything that we could have asked for, right? And I, and, and I know that there are people that uh, had a small complaint that, you know, why not give Liger the title, right? Ha- and, and, you know, have him go into Madison Square Garden, which would be, let's be truthful, his dream, right? Watching Tiger Mask, watching Tatsumi Fujinami, um, you know, in, in Madison Square Garden. That was a big deal for, for kids of that age, you know. That the the magic and the mystique that that is at Madison Square Garden for you know kids who grew up in the eighties and seventies you know it's 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 still there is a soft spot for the, those type of people um, you know just give them the belt have them lose it at Madison Square Garden right they they could, they could have done that that small little bit aside again I don't think you could have asked any for anything more I don't think I for from a fifty three year old guy. Could you could you have asked for anything more? What a fucking amazing pro wrestler he is. Again, he's not doing it every single night. They're not asking him to 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 put on a performance like this every night. But damn, what a fucking magical performer this guy is. He just and, and again, it's not like he's doing um, um you know death-defying amazing things at every turn. But when he does do them, it is, you know, you are jumping out of your seat. And, man, I tell you what, even though in the back of people's minds that they knew it wasn't going to happen, uh, it just it just made you happy to be a pro wrestling fan because you were rooting for it to fucking happen. Oh, I don't think there, there was anybody that would have complained if they did do the title change. And they didn't. And they're smart and they're logical. They're cool, you know, I get it. And again, knowing what we know now, it does make sense. But fuck, how great was that, man? That, that to me, was made more special by people wanting, right? By people just, just, just yearning to have that win. And you were rooting as a pro wrestling fan, you know. You were, and that's to me, that's 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 what compelling pro wrestling is. When people talk about storylines and and being drawn in and hooked in emotionally, that's what we're fucking talking about. And to me, it doesn't seem like it's that hard to do. But yet, it, people find it incredibly difficult because you don't see it every single day. Which is what a great performance by both guys. Let's be truthful, by both guys. But again, the heartstrings, the the the, the longing and the wanting. That's pro wrestling right there. That's that's compelling, dramatic pro wrestling. You got it there. And it, yeah, it was a great performance, and it's in my top 10 for the year so far. Yeah, absolutely it is. And the fact that this build-up managed to get the fans on the edge of their seats for a title challenge from a guy the wrong side of 50, who everyone knew wasn't going to win the match. But the fact that they were still just absolutely buzzing for every single near fall and every move and counter just speaks to what a great job um, that the company did and both guys did in 
the build-up and the execution of the match itself. Right. And, and here's the, the re- I'm sorry. No, wait, yep. one point. I'm sorry. I know we step on each other all the time. My bad. Um, it, here's the thing, though. It, it, and you didn't need six months to build this up. This was all done in weeks, right? I mean, it was just simple, logical execution of, of, of pro wrestling basics to hook you in. You didn't need this long, huge, complex story where we're, we're, we're turning this guy and changing this and swerving and blah, blah, blah. It was the simplest fucking shit in pro wrestling, yet, oh my God, you couldn't get enough of it. Just You just ate it up. And that's, that's why a lot of people shoulder shrug a lot of stuff when it comes to pro wrestling currently. And even in the day. I mean, I don't want to sound like the old guy sitting on a fucking mountain. Back in my day. But truth be told, this was just classic old school style booking and execution and match. So sometimes simple is better, right? Right. So talking about the retirement, then Liger will be retiring next year at one of the Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom shows. So a lot of questions because the fans of this podcast, Damon, know that you love Liger and they're interested to hear your thoughts on this. So Jeremy says, how many tears did Damon shed with Liger's retirement announcement? Tyler says, Damon, does it hurt much more hearing the retirement announcement from Liger after having a great match with Ishimori? So what was your personal emotional reaction to hearing the news that he would be calling it a day at the end of this year? Um, That's a good question, actually. Um, I did get a lot of text messages from a lot of people. Um, that that is that is certain. Uh, you knew this day was coming, right? You knew that eventually this would happen. Right? Um, for me, you know, you had to figure. I don't really have a, a a recollection of following Japanese pro wrestling specifically without him being involved in the ring somehow. Right, so yeah, it's a huge part of my fandom, and you know, let's be honest here, a huge part of my life is centered around this guy's career. Um, yeah, it was it, it was a little emotional. I'm not gonna lie, you know, I got a little choked up watching him. You know, as he started to get a little bit choked up. Um, I mean, it's not like he's gonna fall off the face of the earth. The guy will have a job with that company as long as he wants. I'm sure we'll see him plenty of times on commentary. I'm sure we will see... Uh, this won't be a Ricky Chochu retirement, right? This won't be a Terry Funk retirement. Um, I think, you know, once he says goodbye, that that will be it, which is, to me, odd as hell in, in pro wrestling, right? Uh, that being said, that being said, uh, he again, he is a part of the fabric of of my pro wrestling fandom, and I think he will be sorely missed because, as we saw just a few days ago, the man can still go. It's not like he's going out where you're kind of like, okay, you know, he, he should hang it up or you know. Listen, I don't think there are many people given a singles match. Right? Let's put it this way. We sat through New Japan Cup matches with guys that we might agree probably shouldn't be in New Japan Cup matches. You put Liger in those situations, I don't think anybody's complaining. I really don't. I'm not saying he's going out on top, but the guy can still go, right? 
Um, certainly not at the amazing level that it was before in the 90s, of course. But the man can still go. So, again, he's not going out on top, but he's going out with grace and style and dignity. And it's going to be a fun, you know, build up. And that dome show, that dome show is going to be fucking great. I wonder, I, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to be and, and what they're going to plan and how they're going to do it and uh, what that last match will look like at this point. But I think it's going to be a nice build. And I'm telling you right now, Liger's going to be uh, at that WrestleCon show on the Thursday of, of Mania Weekend in New York. If every motherfucker don't stand on their feet for 15 minutes and give that guy a standing ovation for everything that he's done for pro wrestling, uh, I'm, I'm going to start swinging. I'm, I'm going to start knocking some heads. Right? I, that man deserves a motherfucking 15-minute standing ovation. Right? And I don't give a fuck if I'm the only one. I'm standing and clapping for 15 minutes. I hope there's nobody behind me because you ain't seen shit. Because I'm clapping for 15 fucking minutes. Because uh, he deserves it. All right, I'm done. Amen, amen. I totally echo that. And also what you said, the fact that this is a guy, it's nice to see him go out on his own terms without having all the fans murmuring, oh, oh look at the state of him, or we should probably call it a day. And the fact that it's coming 24 hours after an amazing performance just makes it all the more special. So... Obviously, a lot of speculation about how he's going to go out. John Carroll, host of Wrestling Omakaze, asks, each of you give your picks for what Liger's retirement match should be. Now, I've got my own thoughts on this, Damon, but I want you to go first. I'd like to see something along the lines where, um, kind of like how Ricky Choshu went out, um, where he was wrestling multiple people, maybe, in a, in a, in a single match. It with like you know two minute time limits or some shit like that where you know the majority of them could be draws but he gets a win over somebody and uh, you know that kind of thing just to see him in the ring with with the people that meant the most to him that would that would be a very cool thing to do. Um, I mean, it could be Hiromo, right? If we're going to give him one singles match, uh, Hiromo might be the guy, right? Um, um, yeah, I would, I would say one of those two options would, would be would be awesome. Yeah, I was thinking Hiromu as well, because I saw this story that Hiromu sent a reporter a text to ask him to ask Liger to face him. And then Liger said, well, hurry up and get better. If you do, then, of course, one on one. I just want him back. And so do the fans. That's the main thing. So a little seed been planted already. And I think Hiromu versus Liger would be a huge match for Tokyo Dome next year. And another question, with the Liger retirement tour, he stated that he wants to wrestle worldwide to say goodbye. Could we possibly see him wrestle in WWE in a one-off like he did with NXT, possibly against Rey Mysterio? I can't imagine. Not not in the climate that we're in right now. Um, now, again, Liger does have that weird contract where he can book dates if he doesn't have a New Japan date. Um he can work for anybody and he has but the climate three years ago four years ago whenever that match with uh tyler breeze was it um at nxt um is much different than it is right now um i here's the thing the company i can't imagine them saying you know if he came to him and said i want to do this shot it would mean a lot to me i can't imagine the company being like "Mm, no but it's going to be a okay kind of situation. Um, 
So I'm going to say it's it's a low percentage, a low percentage. And here's the thing. I don't I really don't think WWE gives a fuck. Right. They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, let's get Liger on. You know, what I mean, like that. It's not like Vince. Do you think Vince is going to give a fuck if Jushin Liger shows up? You know, um, I can't imagine that. So I'm going to say probably not going to happen. Uh, last question on Liger from Aspia, who says, can any other junior reach the heights that Liger did? I think it's near impossible, Damon, given that this guy has put together like what, a 30-year career. I can't see anyone ever being able to replicate that. And there's a good argument to be made for Liger to be in the top top 10 wrestlers, not just juniors, but top 10 wrestlers of all time with that kind of career. Yeah, yeah, it's... It, it's it's my wife is now calling me because it, my it, why is my life so complicated joel <laughs> can, can you answer that question for me before i answer this liger question i mean i mean come on leave me the fuck alone i'm doing something i'm recording a show all right <laughs> maybe she wants to ask about liger no no I, it's not out. it's about getting these fucking tickets to a band i don't give a shit about but you know okay um like a, all right whatever uh we can edit this part out, by the way. <laughs> Please. No, leave it in. Oh, really? That's good stuff. You know, yeah. it, it was, people like to see the curtain pull back and a little taste of the the yeah. man behind the, the voice. Great. You can you can hop on there, and I can uh, as I get the as as I as I'm the lone responsible person for getting these fucking tickets. Um. I mean, look. After the shit that we left in at the beginning of last week's show, this is nothing compared to that. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Um. So. Jushin Liger. Uh, what was the question, Joel, before I was rudely interrupted? The question was, can any other junior reach the heights that Liger did? It would be very difficult. Um, because not only do I think that he revolutionized the way that juniors were perceived, um, he revolutionized the the ideas of what juniors can accomplish um again you could you could point your finger to to tiger mask and sayama and and all that but truth be told that was a it was red hot run don't get me wrong it was you know he was just incredibly over um cartoons and figures and the kids and 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 new japan's boom was built off of Tiger Mask and Anoki and Choshu. Uh, but Tiger Mask was absolutely an essential part of that. But the idea of Liger's run at the top of the juniors and the booking, right? People, you know, you can hang your hat on the match quality, right? And what he was able to accomplish in ring. And absolutely, I think he's he absolutely is in the top 10 of, of best wrestlers of all time. In my, in my eyes, absolutely. Uh, but not only that, the influence that he had in booking the junior division. I love the fact that he was very rarely selfish. You know, if you're a wrestler and you have the book, it's very easy, <clears throat> Dusty Rhodes, to put yourself over when probably you, you should be taking a backseat, right? And Triple H. <clears throat> Triple H. Right? So... Right, 
it's very easy to do. And Liger was, it felt to me like he was one of those people who went out of his way to not be that guy. You know, putting over guys like uh, Sasuke and 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 um, making sure that people from outside promotions, other promotions, were getting the the, the junior rub from New Japan, right? Um, the fact that he was instrumental in getting a lot of people exposure and and um, eyeballs on them. Dean Malenko. I mean, Dean Malenko is a, is is a fantastic, unbelievable worker. But how many people knew of really the work of Dean Malenko before it's like Super J Cup and his time in New Japan? David Finley. Um, you know, to a certain degree. For a lot of people that maybe weren't familiar with with Triple um, you know, A, you know Eddie Guerrero is Black Tiger, and uh, oh, obviously Benoit, and you know the list goes on. You know, one, two, three, kid. You know, Re- Lightning Kid was really got his, got noticed. You know, the Chicago and and those independents in the nineties, but Liger, you know, brought him over there too. Look, there's so many names that have gone through that junior division, that junior ranks for New Japan. It is it is an amazing thing. And Liger was the, was was booking that for the longest time. Chochu was booking the, the big boys and he was taking care of the juniors. Look, I don't I don't think his influence can go can be hand-waved. I don't think the impact that he had on the sport can be ignored. Um and I just think in ring, he was just one of those amazing, amazing workers and compelling pro wrestlers that, look, you look at, you know, from from the outfit and the the charisma. Like, you know, for work, for a guy working in a mask, he would do the simplest and most subtle things and gestures to help communicate what he was doing in the ring. Like, almost like no other. I don't want this to be a circle jerk, a Jushin Liger circle jerk, but there's going to be plenty more of it. He's one of the greatest of all time, um, and it's going to be a fun. I, I'm sure there'll be many things that they have planned, New Japan, for to to help celebrate the career. Um, I'm excited. I'm thrilled, and and look, I think that just kind of just cemented the fact that I'll be in Japan uh, for that show, uh, and I will be there celebrating the career of Jushin Liger. Now, after this match, we had the announcement for Dragon Lee versus Taiji Ishimori versus Bandido for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title at Madison Square Garden. Now, I've made no secret the fact that I will always take the singles match over a multi-man match, but I have to say I don't hate this. It's going to be a crazy match. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. What are your thoughts on it? Um, Yeah, it's, it, it will be a crazy, fun, exciting uh, you got three guys in there that that you know will will have people standing. That is for sure. You give them ten minutes. You give them fifteen minutes. Whatever you you, you can. It's going to be a tight squeeze to get as many people uh, in and give people time. But it'll be a sprint, um, and it'll be crazy and fun. And on paper, it sounds like a delicious fucking pro wrestling match. Yes, would I love to see a singles match? Yes, the jokes going around where, of course, Ring of Honor has to stick their nose in. But it's not like it, you know, we're get, we're getting the best, one of the better Ring of Honor guys and one of the better, you know, juniors in the business right now. So, 
Uh, no, I don't have that. Like, I didn't really have that big of a problem with it. In fact, I think, you know, if you're going to do it, that this would be a perfect uh, opportunity to do it. So, no, no, not a huge complaint from me making that a triple threat. All right. Well, let's move on to the main event of this show, which was the anniversary day special singles match with the IWGP heavyweight champion, Jay White, defeating the never openweight champion, Will Ospreay. It was quite a divisive match in terms of people's reactions to it. And aside, one of my criticisms of it was Will Ospreay making his horny chimp grunting where he's going, which seems to replace the screaming. And it's pretty distracting. I don't like it. But aside from that, I'm I'm nitpicking. There are a lot of things I really, really enjoyed about this match. I liked Jay White with a trash talk saying, big leagues now, buddy. And when he did the body check and the little slap around the face and... It's like the game planning, the way he baits Osprey into overcommitting and then hits the snap side to suplex on the outside to turn the match in his favour. When he threw him ribs first into the ring post, I thought that was really smart. It played into Osprey's history with the rib injuries. Jay White, he's just incredible, Damon. Now, he knows, talking about the storyline, he knows he's not the most technical wrestler. He's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. He's not the most athletic, but he is the most intelligent. And he gets into his opponent's heads. He outsikes them and he outsmarts them. He'd always find their weakness and then find creative ways of exploiting it. He's just very intelligent. There's little spots that you might miss the first time you're watching a match. Like when he's got the rear waist lock and he's baiting the elbows. He'll eat a few of the elbows and then suddenly it's snap side to suplex time again. The way he preempted the handspring ends of Giri with a sliding elbow to the ribs. That suicide dive reversal into the railings. Uh, there was an Oz cutter into the sharp sensations, the elbow strikes. And most of the time, most of the time, he's incredibly smooth with these reversals. There was one sequence in the middle of the match from the tease of a top rope Stormbreaker where the two guys, they flow from one hold into the next in a truly mesmerizing way. It was just amazing to watch. And there was another one at the end of the match into the Robinson special. And I love stuff like that when it's done right. If it's done wrong, it looks really clunky. It looks over-rehearsed, but... I thought it looked terrific here. And the Blade Runner reversed into the power room later in the match. Just outstanding. Truly outstanding. And the rope break after the 450 splash. Camera work was superb where it looks like White's done and then you just see his hand pop up from the back of the shot and grab the ropes. Again, one other criticism. I think he's getting a bit too cute with reversals because some of them are so subtle that I need to rewatch it a couple of times to see what he actually did, like when he reversed the Oz Carter at the end of the match. So that must be quite hard for the live crowd to understand what they were going for. But I do applaud the ambition and the thought that goes into it. And I like the way he lets his opponents think that they're in control, but he's always thinking two moves ahead. He's a chess master. And you have to pay attention to these things in Jay White matches, and often they are even better on a rewatch. Like I said, he's one of the smartest wrestlers in the business. And I'm not meaning to be a gatekeeper and say, oh, you're stupid if you don't appreciate this stuff. At the end of the day, this is entertainment. I absolutely understand why some people are turned off by his style. If you find it boring, I hear you. You're experiencing it differently to me. I I don't want to invalidate that. But personally, I find it refreshing. I find it different to the the 40-minute long Omega Okada Tanahashi epics. There's a a snap to it, an intensity, like a, a sharp edge to his matches. Um, and I guess that's appropriate given his nickname. And I also think it will help Jay White achieve relative longevity in his career when he isn't going out doing crazy spots all the time. And I also think it helps with the pacing of the matches because Osprey's really flashy arsenal of moves. It stands out more 
And I think it elicits a stronger response from the crowd when they're punctuating the more methodical offense of Jay White. And let's talk a bit about Will Ospreay here because I thought he was great as well. His selling has improved. For me, it's better when it's subtle, like him going for an Irish whip, but he's collapsing due to the ribs or being unable to lift up Jay White for the Stormbreaker, so he had to keep doing the Ozcutter, or not being able to make the pin immediately after the 450 splash. And this is something that plays into the story, the match, and adds to it, which I think is a huge improvement from the Osprey of, let's say, 2017, where he'd do things like he'd scream as his leg was being worked over, then he'd flex it a bit, and then do all of his flashy moves anyway. He's really moved beyond that. A lot of people complain about the ghetto interference in this match. I've got to say, I didn't mind it. I thought it made sense for Ghetto to want to save Jay White from the hidden blade, that elbow attack, which has been established as a really devastating move that put Ibushi on the shelf. Some people have said that the interference makes Jay White look weak, that he needed Ghetto's help to beat a junior, to beat Osprey, whereas he didn't need it against Tanahashi. But I didn't see it like that. If this was like Jay White versus Goto in the G1 and then Ghetto interferes to save him, then yeah, there's a problem with that. But this is Will Osprey who... I think is going to be a future IWGP heavyweight champion. And the way at the end of the show, he limped out to a standing ovation and that was all on, on the show. I think that's significant. Will Ospreay's dangerous. He's more dangerous than Tanahashi and he's in the middle of a huge push. And I think you want to have that doubt in the back of your mind for the next time that Will Ospreay and Jay White meet. I think Ospreay needed to push Jay White to the limit here because honestly I see them as almost level pegging I know some people have said oh it's only the never champion you should be able to beat him in faster time than this but I see these guys pretty much at the same level almost the difference being I think Jay's got a slight edge over him because he's smarter and he's got Gedo in his corner and you have to remember they've had two matches they're one and one right now so I saw this match as part of a longer story between them I think this was Jay White's best match so far and I think both of these guys are still so young they're going to improve and it's scary how good they are already. So I had this four and a half stars. If this is a four and a half star match now, you better believe that they're going to meet again many times in the future, probably for the IWGP heavyweight title. And there's a pretty good chance that's going to be a five star match. What an exciting time to be a fan. Well, I, I mean, you, you nailed it, right? I, I mean, look, I, I get why people and, and, that num this number is is drastically dropping right by by the match with Jay White where people you know are are finally getting on board when it comes to match quality the subtleties the um the 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 idea that that Jay scouts his opponents and knows when not only when finishing maneuvers are coming, but how to counter them. I think it helps that he's in the ring with arguably one of the one of the top two or three performing performers in the company right now in Osprey. Um, that does not hurt. But truth be told, he's you know the, his last handful of opponents, you know Tanahashi, well Osprey, Tanahashi. Okada, you know, these are some world-class performers that he's in the ring with. Each and every time, though, he, these matches take an extra step of what, you know, the people that, that weren't into Jay White, that, that the, the things that are missing in Jay White matches, they're, they're coming on board now, right? Those, those elements, they're coming, into, they're coming into shape now. So 
if you're not on that bandwagon right now, I'm going to be honest with you. You're missing out. I really feel like you're missing out. There's, there, there is so much there uh, that's maybe, again, like you said, not necessarily on the surface, but it's there. Uh, and you're missing out if you're not on board. Uh, I went four, four and a half for this one. I went four and a half. Um, I saw some people throwing around uh, fives. What did Dave give? What what did Big Dave give? I know he's kind of a, a barometer and a uh, and a uh, he's a he's a uh, lightning rod is the word I'm looking for 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 star ratings. What, do you know what he was given this one? He gave it four and three quarters. Okay, right there. We're right there. I I thought the match was fantastic, man. I really did. And again, everything that you talked about, all those little subtle things, all those little spots, all those little um, nuances to a Jay White match make it, it, I mean, it's much different than, say, a Goto match where you're not really getting it or even an Ishii match where there's not a lot of subtlety, right? There's not a lot of sublime stuff going on. It's different. Um, and And that, I think, is what I appreciate most about it. I think we're kind of underselling Jay White's run last year, particularly with the US title, because I think the Omega match at New Beginning where he won the US title and then the defences against Hangman Page and David Finley and then the match where he finally lost it to Juice Robinson, I thought they were all fantastic matches as well. So, yeah, we can say he had great matches with Osprey, Okada, Tanahashi, but I think he was having great matches before that with, uh, well, I don't want to say lesser workers, but people who you wouldn't say yeah these are guys who can get a great match out of anyone yeah yeah it, how now did you get a chance to watch that uh ring of honor uh, match with uh osprey and, and jay white from a few years ago they put it up on the network um did you get a chance to check that out yeah not recently i did watch it it would have been over a year ago, so I okay. can't really comment on it in detail. But I do remember it being fantastic. Better, better than better than that, right? More complex, yes. more you know. Yeah. And again, they're putting a different spot on the on the show, so so that that's to be expected. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't. I I, I can't sit here and say Jay White is my favorite pro wrestler right now. I'm not going to go that far. But he does feel so different. He does feel so different from just about anybody else in the company. And he feels different from just about anybody else in pro wrestling. I'm not going to lie. Um, again, I, I know the complaints and I hear them loud and clear. But I think, uh, I, I think, I think that criticism that, mo- that most fans had of Jay White, and if, if they did have a criticism where the match quality or the, or the, or the um, again, that big main event feel from a Jay White match, I think that's quickly going by the wayside. Um, and you want you want to get on this bandwagon? I'm on it. I know you are. Um, and I think a lot of people are are finally coming around to Jay White, which is which is good. I think it's well deserved. I also think there's a lot of resentment because it almost seems like a one for one swap with Kenny Omega, given that it's a, a foreigner head of the Bullet Club, IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and their styles almost complete opposite. Kenny Omega terrifically entertaining like balls to the wall high pace flashy offense 
big moves, high-flying, dangerous, high-risk spots, whereas Jay White, you're getting the complete opposite of that. So I think maybe that's why some people are digging their heels in a bit. But again, there might be a lot of people who are sitting here listening, thinking, well, yeah, Joel, I know all that stuff about the, the little subtle details. I find that boring. And yeah, fair enough. If you're not into it, you're not into it. But again, like you said, Damon, I think you're missing out. And really you do appreciate his matches a lot more on a second or even a multiple rewatch because you start to notice those little things. But I want to talk a bit about Will Ospreay here. A question from uh, at Oscar Rooney. He says, you still believe Ospreay won't ever win the big title? Because we got some news earlier in the week from Fumi Saito who said that he talked to a few NJPW office insiders and they told him that Kenny Omega leaving isn't seen as that big of a deal because the office thinks that Osprey can step in. So it's interesting. They're saying Osprey is the guy who can fill the Omega slot, not Jay White. So they're saying Osprey's younger. He can be a top guy for at least 10 years. And the attitude is that if Kenny comes back, great, but they are fine with it either way. And he heavily implied that they are higher on Osprey than Jay White. So what do you make of that? Um, hmm. I know they're high on him. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but kind of, I think the proof's in the pudding right now, right? With Jay White, it's kind of hard to, kind of hard to say. I mean, look, I, I, I think, I think they're, they're two different paths that they're taking to, to be stars. But I think right now, Jay White is a bigger star than Will Ospreay, right? And I mean, how do you, I don't. And, and and I'll be truthful too. I don't think Will Osprey is. I don't think Will Osprey has the the star magnitude that Kenny Omega had. Do you? I think there's potential there. I think Will Osprey has that high paced, exciting, flashy style of wrestling. That he does. Will, he does. I think attract a lot of those people that. Kenny Omega style brought to the table in the first place. Mm, okay, then let me ask you this. And again, I can't. I, I I don't have numbers in front of me. I don't have gate receipts in front of me. So I'm I'm kind of spitballing this. So bear with me here. Is Will Osprey internationally? I don't care where we want to go. Is Will Osprey the draw that Kenny Omega is? Not now, no, okay. but I think there is the potential for him to reach those levels in the next few years. Because, again, let's remember he's still very young. He is. Um, and, again, I think Kenny Omega had the, the, the luxury of having the Bullet Club brand behind him to help put gasoline on that fire. Um, I think that there is an element and a fan base that is more... Uh, that can that can sink their teeth into Kenny Omega, whether that be lifestyle, whether that be uh, the the storyline with Abushi, um, whether that be you know whatever whatever it is that gravitates an audience to Kenny Omega, um, that I know Will Osprey isn't going to have because just because. <laughs> Will Ospreay is shit at the Twitter game, <laughs> right? But, um, well, that's something they've got in common then, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, for, but a diff- different a different sides, you know what I mean? Like, um, Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I, I would just jump in and say this. Kenny Omega's 35, Will Ospreay's 25. Yep. That's a uh, decade gap. 
Yeah. No, okay. I know it doesn't really work like that in wrestling, but right. Right. Will Ospreay at 35, mm. I think he could be as big a star as Kenny Omega, if not bigger. Okay. Is that one of the main reasons why you think he might be trying to tone down that style? Because at 25, the boys have probably got knees of a 35-year-old. Well, it hadn't stopped Kenny Omega. He still does a lot of high-flying stuff, although I suppose not at the rate that Will Ospreay does it. Mm. But yeah, I've been calling on Ospreay to tone down his style for a couple of years now, and I think, yeah, it's going to definitely help him for the longevity of his career. All right, well, let me ask you this then. So... What do you think? What, why do you think it's taken so long for this to kind of manifest itself? So, if the company is so high on Will Ospreay, and again, I think Will Ospreay right now is one of the top ten wrestlers in the world. I really do. Um, there's, you, you're not going to find a bad Will Ospreay match. It's just not happening. That being said, I find it hard to believe that New Japan Pro Wrestling is putting the same stock that they did in Kenny as they as they, as apparently they might be in Will Ospreay. Because I guess the question I have is, is what the fuck took them so long? If they saw this, they truly believe this, why, did, why wouldn't this just be right from the jump, right from the get-go? Why is it taking this long to be like, oh, yeah, Kenny, or, or uh, Will's our guy. Yep, we're going to hitch our wagon to that. I, 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 think, Maybe they, I think it's Jay White. I think it's Jay White. Maybe they were trying to suss out his loyalty to the company. The fact that uh, 2017, he didn't have the kind of opportunities that he did in 2018, but he still stuck to stuck to the company. He was still working hard. Didn't throw his toys out of the pram. Yeah, but he's always one of those guys that, that have been, you know, I, I would think he would, you know, he's always talked about how New Japan was always a goal. Um, always, you know, and he's one of the first guys to get on Twitter and be like, you know what, forge your own path, people. You don't have to sign to the big company. While all those other British guys were, they couldn't wait to get a pen in their hand to sign to Uncle Paul. They couldn't fucking wait for that day to happen. He's 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 stuck it out. You know? Yeah, but you, there's a difference between saying the right thing and doing the right thing. I think that's one of my mottos in life. You should watch what people do. Don't listen to what they say. And we look at uh, Ricochet because they were sort of on a not dissimilar trajectory. They're in similar spots in the company. Ricochet decided to go to WWE. Osprey decided to stick around. So it could, I don't know. I, I think there's something to be said for them waiting to see what kind of person and what kind of man Will Ospreay is growing into. Because like I said, he's still very, very young. He's still growing, not just a wrestler, but as a person. Okay. Uh, and I think it's fair. No doubt about that. Uh, again, 25. You know, I, again, I find it difficult to believe that now they finally see the potential in Will Ospreay that they didn't see before. Um Again, it could be a junior thing. They needed to see him. I don't. Who knows? But and, and here's the thing with too. You know, even with Kenny. You know, Kenny spent a lot, you know you know quite a few years on the Japanese independence DDT. Uh, you know, he was on that that first New Japan tour uh, that they did in the states for Jersey All Pro shows. He was on those shows. Uh, you know, so it's, it's taken him. You know, it wasn't like you know they just found Kenny Omega and was like, oh, my God, he's our guy. We're, we're hitching our wagon to him. It took a long time for Kenny Omega to kind of make that jump from who he was to where he is now. So, 
yeah, okay, okay, maybe, maybe there is a valid point to 25 years old. Now, now we see what we have. We're going to work Will Ospreay. Okay, I, I, I can see that. I, I still think that they, they see more value in Jay White, though. But, but because you think Jay White, what is he? Jay, is, is Jay even 25 yet? I think he's 26. Let me check. Is he? All right. I hope he's 24 because I don't look like an ass. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's 26. Ah, fuck me. All right. Well, okay, we're right there. All right. Well, listen, 26, and he's got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. 25, he's got the never. He's going to work his way up. All right, so maybe all right, maybe there is. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, listen, I know they like Will Ospreay. It's not like they don't. But eh, right now, I think Jay White's the, the guy that they're hitching their wagon to. Okay, uh, question from JDM. Do you think Ospreay's going to get a main event at the Tokyo Dome? Who's going to get the main event at Tokyo Dome? Jay White? Osprey. Osprey. Sorry. Um, by the way, everyone, I got the tickets. Just FYI. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, 25. <sighs> Will he get a main event? Main event. You figure main event at the Tokyo Dome has been... In at least in recent times, Kenny, Okada, Tanahashi, Naito. Hmm. Plenty of time, though, right? Again, 25 is the key. I'll tell you what. The, the biggest fear I have with, with Will is just his body holding up. I mean, he's worked a style that... Quite honestly, has it's just you put years on the on the guy. If his body can hold up, I'll say yes. If his body can hold up, I'll say yes. Well, let me expand the question. Uh, give me a year. Mm-hmm. What year do you think he will be main eventing? Figured in the next three, right? I mean, I don't think it's. I don't. I think if you go past five, you're 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 pushing it, right? It would have to be in the next three years. So I would say in the next three years. So not not this year, not this year. He's not headlining either of these two shows. Next year's the, the year following 2021. I'd say 2022 is when is when you start talking about Will Osprey main event in a dome. If he's still around, if everything works out, all that stuff. All that stuff. So, there you go. And just circling back to Jay White, despite there being a lot of Jay White critics saying that they've cancelled their New Japan World subscriptions, we've heard from a few different people that it's following the same pattern as last year. You get a huge spike around Wrestle Kingdom, drops off towards the end of January, and then it uh, evens out its relative stability. So, overall numbers are up. So, I think there's something to be said about that, that Jay White is not the box office disaster that uh, a lot of people said that he is or, or would be now the end of this show this anniversary show was a bit goofy where you had all the new japan cup guys coming into the ring and pointing at each other it was kind of silly it's not the stuff you usually see in a new japan show um i don't know what you thought about that damon galactivist says do you think the post anniversary show segment of all five guys in the ring pointing at themselves being a rib or parody of wwe obsession with people pointing at the wrestlemania sign i don't think that was the intention but it did seem a bit jarring it it did but i gotta be honest with you i kind of liked it um know what it reminded me of and again people always seem to 
talk to talk about how ghettos influence his, the you know the, the the southern style of pro wrestling um you, that he's influenced by um it kind of reminded me of i don't know if you're familiar with it joel um but you can google it. i'm sure there's an image out there somewhere so uh uwf mid, uh, mid-south bill watts's territory had this thing where it was uh they had the uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Cup, so they had a tournament in in the UWF, and they did this photo, this cover, where it's like Ted DiBiase, One Man Gang, Steve Williams, Freebirds, and they had the cup, and everybody's kind of holding on to the cup, and, and like you know, to take this picture, and that's what it reminded me of. Um, so there was that nostalgia thing that kind of got scratched. I don't know. I kind of liked it, where it's like you know, you know, we are friends, we are. Uh, or maybe not friends, but we do respect each other. And right now we're on this side of the wall when it comes to feuding against Bullet Club or whomever. But it's New Japan Cup season and and, and I'm winning this fucking thing. So I, uh, thanks for showing up, everyone. Um, so I kind of liked it. I, I, it, was, it was a little bit outside the New Japan, um, what you're, you're commonly used to, but... I don't know. I I I, I did kind of like it. I, I'm kind of cringing at it right now, <laughs> thinking of it. But I did. I did enjoy it. It, re- it reminded me of of that. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Was the fact that Goto in that lineup? Did you find that a bit of a, an eyebrow raiser? Because you had all these guys like you know, Okada, Ibushi, Tanahashi, and then Goto standing there. You're like, huh? What are you doing there? <laughs> right, right. He's the, he's like. Um, <laughs> you know he i don't want to say he's the odd one out but like you know he's he's you know you got your your all your mates and all your all your friends and um and then you got the one straggler <laughs> yeah the one guy who's your friend who's but... your mate <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but you know what i'm talking about right like the one guy who's kind of like the straggler and he's like uh he's kind of in the crew but he's not really in the crew <laughs> Um, he's kind of like a little tag along and like, how did he get here? We're not with us. Um, yeah, that's what Goto, a little awkward, but uh, listen, he tried to, he tried to elbow his way. Good for him. Good, good for Goto. All right, let's get on to the New Japan Cup then. First of all, I wanted to ask your thoughts now that we've had the first round out of the way about the 32 man expansion, because overall, I think it's been great for seeing a lot of the guys getting uh, a lot of guys getting relatively big singles matches that they otherwise wouldn't so for some people it might be their only singles match of the year and I've enjoyed personally seeing the dads in action and some of the young guys I've really enjoyed seeing Honma, Chase Owens, Nakanishi people like that get a big singles match where without this 32-man bracket probably wouldn't be seeing that yeah um I don't know if it's so much the dads, right? Um, and again, I'm sure we're going to go over every single match. It's not the dads that I'm super thrilled about. It's, um, you know, Young Lions. And it's uh, maybe even a Taguchi to get a shot against heavyweights. Um, I I love the 32. You know what I mean? I I love the, the the extra brackets and the extra people. I don't feel like they're wastes. Um, even to a certain degree, a Colt Cabana, just to see how he would interact with you know people in you know that he maybe hasn't necessarily wrestled uh, before, um, and just to be in that environment. 
um, Lance Archer. I want to see. You know, what I mean, uh, Henare. Those it's those type of people that that to me are more interesting than um, Nagata. Even though I think Nagata had a great match, um, but like you know, Tenzan, Kojima. Those guys are probably on the low end of my interest. It's more of maybe even, you know, like I said, Lance Archers, Davey Boy Smiths, um, Hinares. Um, those are the people that really have my interest a little bit more than others. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've been into the dab matches. Uh, to be fair, actually, now I've said that, a lot of these first-round matches were a mixed bag. But I would say overall it's been more good than not. But the other thing I wanted to mention is having this Madison Square Garden stipulation has made the stakes seem higher. So in previous years, you've had the, the title shot, Invasion Attack or Sakura Genesis. But having this constantly in all the video packages, everyone's talking about it in the interviews, Madison Square Garden, MSG, MSG, to me, it's made the whole thing seem much more uh, important than it would have done otherwise. Yep, absolutely. And, and we said that before, right? How everybody's like, okay, I'm in this because of what's on the line. Not only is it an IWGP heavyweight title match, it's at Madison Square Garden on a big weekend uh, at a time when, you know, New Japan, you know, again, not <laughs> 60 years, you know, nobody else in that building besides WWE. And now it's going to be sold out with New Japan and, and Ring of Honor fans. So um, I think they're doing a good job of hyping that element of it too. Um, it does make it a lot more exciting. I love brackets anyway, Joel. You know that, right? So even then, it, it, even the matches where I'm like, okay, um, maybe not as, as sexy as I want it to be on paper. I'm still into it because, again, it's, it's all about those fucking brackets that I'm obsessed with. That Not for nothing, Joel. I'm doing pretty well at it. I feel like I have two pockets. I've, I have, like, both corners are, are doing well, and then I have another set of corner that I like. I get like one right, right. But I think at the end of the day, I think I'll be on, on course. But all right, yep. So I, I'm, I'm, I love it. I actually, I woke up for this show. Maybe probably because we had to record this morning. But um, look, I'm into it. I fucking love it. I think, I think it's a that New Japan has done a good job of getting us hyped for this, um, and with the end result being Madison Square Garden in just a handful of weeks. Let's dig into the matches then. So the first night was on Friday, March the 8th at Karakuen Hall. And the first New Japan Cup match was Yoshihashi defeating Manabu Nakanishi in 12 minutes with the butterfly lock. Now, personally, Damon, I thought this was tremendous fun. I love seeing Nakanishi busting out slow motion power moves. We got superplexes. We got a, a kind of half a Pescado where he yeah. leaped over the rope and then landed on the apron and then jumped off. <laughs> right. Which like- I thought was hilarious. Uh, I felt absolutely terrifying because great drama when he was climbing up to the top rope to do that top rope splash because he was wobbling. I was like, oh my God, he's going to fall off. And I was really scared. But I I thought this was fine. It was enjoyable enough. But I want to talk about Yoshihashi here because, well, first of all, that butterfly lock. I've had more painful time massages than the butterfly lock looks. And just the way this match was laid out, I I kind of understand why, but Nakanishi beat the shit out of him. He even got a visual pin after Yoshihashi had to pinch red shoes red nipples to escape the argentine backbreaker rack which was a really curious choice and i wonder whose idea that was to make nakanishi get the visual pin but why did they do that if not to make yoshihashi look like a geek he he looked like shit here and i don't know maybe it's still the injury andrew rich rightly pointed out in the the slack chat that yoshihashi was limited by what he could do physically with a guy like nakanishi because he can't do karma he can't do the bunker buster he can't do the kumagoroshi his new move but in spite of all that stuff, he just did not look good here. And 
what do you do with Yoshihashi? Do you send him to Yujiro Town? Because it just seems he can't hang with the big boys anymore. And should he lose to Chase Owens in the next rounds? There's just a lot of big question marks around him because he, he didn't look good here at all. No, he didn't. He didn't. And, and, and Andrew is right in the sense of what, do you, what, the, what, what, what can you do, right, with Nakanishi. But, 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 but that being said, Nakanishi did hustle his ass off. He did what physically he could do to make this a match, right? Like, you, like you're not going to discredit Nakanishi in this match for, for not trying hard. Fucking guy tried hard. He absolutely did. He just can't do things, right? But yeah, when he's wobbling up there, he's like your dad climbing the ladder, you know, to get the fuck, to clean, <laughs> you know, to clean the gutters. And you're just like, oh, this is, come on, dad, don't, we'll pay for somebody to do this. Like, no, I'll, I could, I'm not paying somebody to do this. Yeah, all right. And the next thing you know, he's fucking lying in the shrubs with his fucking feet in the air. <laughs> right? Somebody call an ambulance. Um, that might have happened in my real life. I don't know. Um, but that's what it felt like, didn't it? Uh, I'll put up the satellite dish. Okay, will you? Okay. Um, that being said, uh, Yoshihashi, look, he's been nursing that shoulder injury for, what, 700 years now? Um, he's not wowing anybody coming back from this most recent injury. There's, you know, the, the, I mean, what was it officially? Was it a concussion? Um, and again, how he got it was pretty amazing. Yeah, just face (laughs) flying on the way to probably the biggest angle of his entire life. Right. Right. He's such a Yoshihashi. Um, Charlie Brown. Um, I know. Okay, well, let, let me jump right. in with the question. Here. So maybe this might, I, I don't know, see what you think about this. Lee says, do you think people have been harsh on him? Uh, I think his problem is that he's too unselfish. He doesn't have it in him to dominate a match. It's fucking horseshit. No. He's been given plenty of opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, and, and here's the thing. It's not like, he, at a certain point, it became a all right, he's not bad. You know, he's just not getting the opportunities. Then when he gets the opportunities, you know, I always go back to, like, the G1 match that where he pins Kenny at Corkin. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, we're turning the corner on him. And it's just like, ah, uh, it's not happening, right? I, I just feel, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think the company, I mean, who else in this company? Name me another guy who gets buried, besides Bushi, maybe. Who gets buried in commentary as much as Yoshihashi? Name me yeah, one other guy. Something, isn't it? It really the way is. That sort of unilaterally across the board. They just—it's like it's not even storyline. They're just talking about real life. Yoshihashi just being a bit crap. Right, right. He's like, oh, you know, he he went to the job interview, but he didn't wear a suit. He, he showed up in track pants because he <laughs> <laughs> because somebody spilled something on his suit on the way to the interview. You know, it's like that kind of dumb shit. But, like, it's not even, like, storyline stuff, right? It's not even, like, like you know how, like, WWE will just, like, hammer something home where it's, like, you know, um, they say it so often where – here's a perfect example. Like, last night, I was I actually watched some of that Fastlane nonsense. Um, and they're talking, like, you know, this is uh, – this is uh, 
Dean Ambrose's last match. He's not renewing his contract. And they said it so many times that it was to the point where he's he signed a contract, right? He's staying. Because they wouldn't mention this so many times. Like, it's not even that point. You go back and watch that match and tell me how many times they mentioned, oh, Yoshihashi just can't win the big one. And when is he going to put it together? And... And he's and even like Rocky Romero, you know, yeah. He imagine being me in chaos and wanting him to win something. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? They're killing the guy. It's a shoot. It really has become a bit of a shoot. Um. So no, I mean, look, what? He's not what? I don't know. You can't fire the guy, but he's like the modern day Bone Soldier or the modern day Captain New Japan. Where it's like, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? What are you, what are you gonna do with the fucking guy? He's he's at that point. So do you and, think you should be downgraded, like I said, to the Udro level, where you say, well, sorry, you're not in the G1 anymore? Yeah, I don't think he should. There are there are definitely people that, to me, are would. I mean, look, you need people to lie down. You need people to lose. You need need people to go one and you know whatever, two and whatever. So I mean, if he's if he if he's your guy there, great. That's that's your guy, and he, and and he would do it good. He would do it well. Uh but the, you know, it's kind of like it's gotten to the point where nobody expects him. Like it's not even like a liger thing where it's like you know he's not going to win, but man, you're you're fucking you're in on on the whole idea of him trying to win. Like nobody's nobody's in on that anymore. Like that. That time has come and gone. That ship has sailed with Yoshihashi. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. And and what do you do with a guy like that? Hmm. Yeah, well, we've got quite a few people sending in questions about Yoshihashi, so I hope that's answered them. Next match in the New Japan Cup was Taichi defeating Tomoaki Honma in 17 minutes with the submission move Holy Emperor's Crucifix Tomb. Uh, at Derek Ashman asking the important question here, what in the blue hell is on Honma's head? I guess you saw this as well, Damon. He looked like a Lego man. Yeah, that's what I thought. The first thing I thought was like a Lego dude. Um, is that a Kukeshi, though? Is that one of those Kukeshi dolls? Is that what he's trying to emulate? That's a good question. I'm going to look it up. I'm going yeah, to look search up, Look up one of those Kukeshi dolls. And I think that's, okay. that's what he's doing. Uh, none of these Kukeshi doll pictures that I'm looking at or as strange as what Homer was wearing on his head. Mm. But I kind of liked it. It was just sort of strange enough that and quirky that it made me like Homer a bit more than I did going into the match. I don't know. I'm just going to be talking about my ass here. But speaking of entrances, Taichi's entrance. Wow. Coming in through the crowds, like Izuka did, uh, as John Carroll said, through his people. He had the iron fingers with him. We got Miho looking like a million bucks with her bangs. I like the bangs. I'm a fan of the bangs, Damon. Mm-hmm. To me, Taichi just looks like a star. He's got that star quality. The crowd chants for him, drowning out the Taichi go-home chants. There's just a great buzz when he comes into the arena. And I'm not being facetious here. I know a lot of people online, <laughs> listeners to this show, uh, think that this is just a big conspiracy where a bunch of us have got together and decided, right, for a joke, we're going to pretend to like Taichi now. I like him on his own merits. I'm not uh, trying to be contrary or hipster. I genuinely think that he's good. And I thought this match was great. I loved it. Taichi kicked Homer right in the chin, kicked him out of the ring like he was a piece of trash. I thought they worked smartly around Homer's physical limitations. 
Taichi was going after Homer's damaged neck. Homer's selling was great. Brilliant facial expressions from both guys. Homer's face really elicits sympathy and pity because he just he just cuts a really pathetic figure when he's scrunching up his face like that. <laughs> Taichi, of course, he's got the most punchable face on the roster. And I just loved him screaming abuse in Homer's face. I bought the near falls. Homer really impressed me here, Damon. I was shocked at how good he looked. He showed mobility that I thought he'd lost forever. He did the Kokeshi Otoshi, the uh, reverse pile driver thing. He did a second rope Kokeshi. He did a sunset flip. We got the Homer clutch or turmeric clutch or Ganske clutch, whatever you call it. I was blown away at how good Homer looked relative to my expectations going into this match. Uh, tai Chi submission move, the Holy Emperor's Crucifix Tomb. It not only sounds like the final era from Dark Souls game, but it also looked genuinely painful compared to the butterfly lock. Played into the story of Homer's neck. I love the post-match stuff where Homer looked like he was about to burst into tears and Taichi's grabbing him by the head, slapping him around. I just thought this was top-notch heel versus babyface dynamics. It was a hot crowd. It was well-executed. Great job from both guys here, particularly Homer. I gave it four stars. And post-match and the backstage promo stuff, Taichi was actually quite kind to Homer at first. He was saying that, you know, he started to look like the old Homer. And then he said, well, you should have done that and then maybe you wouldn't have got injured in the first place. So what did you think of it? Are you as high on this match as I was? Joel? You lost your fucking mind. <laughs> um, I thought you might say that. <laughs> um, I thought the beginning of this match, the first half of this match, maybe even the first three quarters of this match were a bit slow and a bit dragging. And it wasn't... Uh, I Look... I'm gonna uh, let me let me give you the all new Japan matches start off slow and dragging. This, this is the no, thing. No they one don't. talks about it. They all do. You they either get you know, guys doing a bit of grapple fucking, or one guy's they putting on a, a, an arm lock or something. They're always the, the first five minutes is always a write off in these matches. Someone's doing some kind of time wasting bullshit. This went longer than five minutes. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Um, let me give you the positives. I think you are absolutely correct in the sense that. He has a presence um, that is both positive and heat-inducing and uh, charismatic. Whether whether you whether you want to punch him in the face or you want to cheer along, he's he's giving you something. That absolutely one hundred percent. I'm. I, Four stars, Joel. Four stars. Four stars. This was in the threes, man. This is three. Um, and, and, and I will say this. The closing stretch was pretty good. I think, uh, like, I, I, I think his offense is a little bit, leaves a little bit to be desired for me. Um, I know that, Tai Chi. Tai Chi, yeah. Um, yeah. I think... I, I, I like the tributes to Kawada, right? The stretch plum, the kicks, all of it. I thought Honma looked better than I've seen him, but is still struggling. Um, I I can't. I I it, this this match did not break four stars for me, man. I, I'm sorry, it just didn't. Because all right, let's put it this way. Where is this match? If this is four stars, 
this match is is in your top five for the first round, right? Uh, I think it might be. I'd have to go and check at the end after we've done. So how many matches have we watched? We watched 16 matches. Is it, what do you say, top five? Top top five. So is it, look, all right, we all know what, which ones are the best matches. So we don't have to dance around, right? We know which ones are the, are the best matches. In your mind, does this match beat, you don't have to give st- re- anything, just yes or no. Does this match beat Naito Abushi? No. Does this match beat Elgin Okada? Close, but no. Really? Okay. Close? Yeah. Really? No, I think this is just one of these things. It comes down to do you enjoy the Tai Chi character? If you dislike Tai Chi and his bullshit, then you're going to be <laughs> at least half a star lower than Tai Chi fans. And you know, it, it, that's okay. I like the fact that this is something you and I can disagree on, Damon, that we're not coming into this podcast just yeah. with a big circle jerk and parroting each other's opinions. I like the fact that you're not into this and I loved it and that there's like a whole star discrepancy between our, our ratings. Of yeah, this. yeah. So I, I'm not going to try and talk you around and convince no, no, you no. that you're wrong and try and make you love Tai Chi. Uh, here's the thing. I, I appreciate what he is more than I ever have. I mean, if, if anything, you do open my eyes to to more about him than than I would even be willing to accept. Because trust me, I, it, it wouldn't be hard for me to just be like, fast forward, next, right? And there are plenty of people that do. Um, but I'm just trying to get a gauge here. Better than Ishii Nagata? No. Okay. Better than... Better than Chase Juice? Yes. Really? Yeah. I thought Jason Juice was better. Uh, better than Tanahashi uh, Umino? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I better thought there was more drama. I was more emotionally invested in it. Wow. See, I disagree there. Uh, better than Zach Evil? No. Okay. Better than Makabe Cabana? Yes, yes yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just, you just slipped that one there to see if yeah. I was paying attention, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I just want to, yeah, I just want to make sure we're all right. All right, very. How about uh, better than Goto Sonata? Oh, mm. I knew that one was coming, and that one's difficult to answer because I've got mixed feelings on that Goto Sonata match. Uh, I would say overall, I enjoyed Bell to Bell. I enjoyed uh, Homa Taichi more than Goto Sonata. Wow! Wow! The Nokiists are rolling over and they're, <laughs> they're they're throwing their phones <laughs> right now. All right, good. All right. I mean, listen. I just that, that, I just wanted that quick little roundup. All right. Listen. I some of them I disagree. I, I I was not into this match as much as you. Again, it wasn't a horrible match, but I mean, I'm not, I can't. I cannot. I can, no, not for not for me anyway. All right. Uh, so that. Uh, we still got more for we got, this. This is going to be a fucking nine hour show. All right, what else we got? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've got some funny questions about Tai Chi, but I better skip them just for this. Oh no, no, go, go, go! I'm, I'm in. Okay, whatever. whatever. I, I, okay, I'm not going to answer. They're just funny things to read out. Matty says, "Is it just me, or does Tai Chi look like a Japanese Stephen Fry?" He does a bit it, facially. The the similarity is there. And Lord Tai Chi's number one disciple says, "Do you agree that replacing Omega with Tai Chi as the face of the USX match would be the equivalent?" Of Man United replacing Jose Mourinho with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yes. My answer to that is yes. Let's move on to the next match then. Which was 
Chase Owens defeating Juice Robinson in 24 minutes with the package power driver. So, first of all, let's give a victory lap for Damon because you got laughed at on Wrestling Omakase for picking Chase to win. John said that they would like to apologize for that. At the Subtle Doctor says, is Damon helping Ghetto with a booking on a permanent basis or is he just an occasional consultant? <laughs> Uh, and Lewis says uh, Chase Owens breaking everyone's brackets has to be the biggest thing out of the first round so far I certainly picked Juice to win at first but you convinced me Damon I like having my mind change about things um, so take your victory lap I appreciate that thank you uh, look in my mind it was you know it it, it felt like it, it they were they were they were they wanted big thing, bigger things for Chase right it felt like the company was kind of going in that direction I th- thought it made sense to have him as as a challenger for the U.S. title, um, and you know, again, Juice is not winning this fucking thing, so uh, yeah, kind of. I just felt right. It just sometimes you just feel these things. So uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, I was a little disappointed that uh, not only did Chase uh, go out of his way to mention Voices of Wrestling and the writer who wrote that article. Do you know who wrote that article off the top of your head, Joel? Yeah, that was John. That was John. Okay. So, uh, John, uh, he'll have to take an L for that one. But um, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get recognized for saying, hey, we, we picked. That's right, Scampy. That, thank you. You recognize me, and I appreciate you as well. Uh, Testify. But, <laughs> but, but I was a little disappointed in that. So, uh, Chase, if you're listening, which obviously you're not, but if you are listening, if somebody wants to pass us along, let them know that we got your back. We, got, we, we, we wanted big things, and we still want big things for you in 2019. So good on you. Um, I like this We match. know that there are some guys who do read all their stuff in Voices of Wrestling. Oh. Chase is one. Lance Archer is another one. Yeah. Uh, and I suspect there are more. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's easier to, to, to vanity search a you know, tweet, as we well know, um, and an, an article, mind you, um, than to expect someone to sit through our our nonsense and listen to a podcast, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and, and to scope out where, you know, where they're talking about me. So, uh, but I'm sure, but here's the thing. I know. <laughs> Start timestamping it, Damon. Yeah. The yeah. Chase we'll do... segment is here. The Lance Archer segment is here. You know what? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. We, we, here's the thing. We're too lazy. Not too lazy. It's just, it, it's so hard to fucking timestamp because we're all over the place. Um, but yeah. So, so what we need from one of our loyal listeners, this is, this is how you can help the show aside from getting a t-shirt. Um, don't, you don't have to timestamp the whole thing. Just when we talk about uh, Lance Archer and when we talk about uh, Chase Owens, just just timestamp them and make sure they're well aware so they can skip through all the Duran Duran nonsense and they can just or, get to the stuff they want. Just cut out the audio of that part and then send it to them directly. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. a little two minute clip. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, that would help us out a little bit, you know, and make sure that they get praise and recognized for uh, the job that they're doing. So please, uh, one of our listeners want to, want to spearhead that, that would be great. Uh, well, the match itself uh, it got a lot of time, didn't it? And the crowd were very quiet at first. I think this would have been a great main event for one of the smaller new beginning in USA shows. And I'm sure they're going to have a rematch in the States. Yeah, I really like the match. Chase Owens, to me, he looks like an, he's like an old school dirtbag heel from the territories. He kind of looks like a sleazy Nicolas Cage. And his work, he's like a, a grimy Jay White. So again, he knew Juice was stronger than him, so he resorted to his sneaky tricks. And there were some really brutal spots here, like the side Russian leg sweep into the barricade. 
really well executed after countering the vertical suplex. There was a suplex into the barricade. I liked him using Juice's taunts against him. And just the way it was worked, it was nice. It was slow, methodical. It took a while to get going. Crowd were mostly sitting on their hands for, for a lot of that build. I think it was too long, but it had a really nasty, violent edge to it, which I enjoyed a lot. Like the apron cannonball that was chased, throwing Juice headfirst into the barricade. The bit with a backdrop onto the exposed floor. Uh, but the transition from all that like nasty, violent shit to then afterwards Chase Owens doing sneaky rope grabs, that was a bit jarring. I felt that stuff should have come before all the barricade brutality, but it's a minor complaint. I thought the match was really good. I had this at four stars as well, and I think they did a terrific job getting the crowd invested by the end. I was really happy to see Chase get a big spot like this. I think he's deserved it for a while. Um, what do you think his ceiling is? Uh, I mean, for right now, I mean, you're looking at U.S., Maybe a tag situation. Um, I wouldn't expect anything you know above that right now. But yeah, everything that you described is pretty much spot on in, in the sense of, well, first, I think we all can agree this is the best Chase has looked in New Japan, right? This is this is a this is a, a shining moment for him and a, and a well deserved one. I think Juice looked very good as well. I think Juice has got. I think Juice is one of those guys that that is a a real valuable piece that I don't even think New Japan has tapped into yet. I really do. I think they they're missing the boat somewhere. He's just got he's I, I really feel like he's got something another level that we haven't even seen yet. Um, you know what I was thinking? I was watching one of these shows and I couldn't tell you what night it was. You know what I think would be a real good dynamic. One of those really uh, kind of opposite end tag teams would be Juice and Elgin. Juice and Elgin together, I think, would really work well. Um, I like their chemistry in the, in that multi-man tag, tag for whatever reason. And Elgin could be a prick, and Juice could be the lovable person. <laughs> and, and then it would work. Oh, by the way, on Elgin. What, what would um, the team name be? Prick Juice. <laughs> prick Juice. Prick Juice. Prick Juice. Yes, I love it. Love it. Um, on the Elgin contract situation, uh, nothing has been signed as of yet. Just FYI, people. So I, uh, I, nothing, nothing is locked down. So, um, not to say that there's any issues or any troubles or any, or, uh, or it won't be happening that I don't know, but I do know that it hasn't been signed as of yet. Um, but I, I think that'd be a, I think that's, that's, that's a tag team. And I think both guys need something new and something fresh and kind of to jumpstart both. Um, I think that'd be a real fun tag team. I would like that one a lot. Uh, but I like Can this I, match, and I went four as well. Can I jump in with a question from Anders? He says, what do you think of the booking of Juice Robinson? Does he lose too often considering he's a champion? And does, do, do you think this result hurts Juice? Yeah, I do. I, 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 to answer the question of do, does he lose too often? Yeah, I really do. I mean, for a guy of that level, it seems like he just fucking loses all the time. And then every once in a while, they'll throw him a bone and he'll get, pick up a win. But it feels like his win – like, like I, I'm sure somebody will be able to pull this, but I'd like to see his win-loss record You know, in the past 12 months or 16 months. I bet you he's got a lot of higher-profile losses than he does wins. Um, at least it feels that way anyway. That's where I'm kind of saying it. I I feel like New Japan misses the boat on on Juice a little bit. I feel like there's there's a, there's another level that we haven't even seen that I don't think I don't know if it's a trust thing. I don't know if it's a um, he's not ready for it yet. I, whatever they feel, uh, I don't think they're ready to go all in on Juice, and it and it kind of reflects that in 
the, the amount of times that man's looking at the lights. Question from Ted Jass says, should Chase Owens get a title shot versus Juice at MSG, or do you think they're going to save it for uh, another show? Um, I don't think they'll do it at MSG. That, that... <sighs> what titles are going to get defended on this MSG show? Obviously, I think we're rapidly weight, approaching full capacity for this show. It seems yeah. like they've had a lot of matches announced already, so I would be very surprised if we get you know, like a never-title match and... Uh, junior tag title match and a US title match and an IC title match. I can't see it. Right. Me neither. Right. I, I'm thinking obviously heavyweight title, right? Intercontinental title. Um, do, you, do you think they do intercontinental? Do you think it's Los Ingobernables Schmazola with the kingdom? <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a schmoz. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. You think people are going to be happy with that? No. No. Yeah, they, they, they're going to be mad. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, all right. So no, ne- no, never. You think? Will- I think will defends. You think will defends? If I remember correctly, he pins Jeff Cobb. So maybe they will do like a, a non-title, like never champion versus ROH TV champion match with Osprey against Cobb. Okay. Or all maybe right. they'll put both titles on the line. I don't know, but I think. Osprey versus Cobb is the match they're going to go with. Right. We already know we got a tag match. We already know we got the uh, tag titles on the line. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I listen, this show is going to be seven hours. I got to cut it down. I mean, we don't and, – and as of right now, I mean, again, we have the whole cup we got to weed through. We don't, get, we don't got matches for, you know, whoever's losing the final. What, you know are you, are you going to stick up? Are we going to get like you know multi man tagamania? You figure Jay Lethal is going to defend this title, right? Um, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I got a strange feeling, my friends. We we are going to see a lot of multi man tags on this show. I got a, I got that feeling. I think there's going to be some. I think there's going to be a little bit of disappointment when that card is announced, knowing full well that. We're trying to get as many people on the show as we possibly can. And that means multi-man tag team matches, kids. Well, thanks for that. Sorry. <laughs> We're getting like a good energy going. It's positive, And you're just taking a big steamy oh! shit over everything. All right, let's let us let us get the the, uh, the energy back with uh, Yuji Nagata against Tomohiro Ishii. So Ishii beats Nagata in 21 minutes after a vertical brain buster. Just, just from the very start of this match, Dave, they lock up. Nagata gives Ishii a little slap and then he skips away and Ishii gets that look on his face and Nagata has this little smile. You already know the match is going to be a banger. Just little headbutts from Ishii. It was one of those never-styled matches of yesteryear that I don't think we've seen a match like this for a while. Just two guys beating the shit out of each other until one guy can't get up. Such a high pace from two guys of, of their advanced years. And we waited for this for a long time because obviously this match was supposed to be at one of the new beginning in USA shows. There were just really memorable visual moments like a, a bloody mouthed Nagata doing the arm lock. Yeah. Andrew Rich quite rightly points out that's an automatic extra quarter star. Sometimes, Damien, you just want to see two old dogs taking lumps out of each other. Uh, uh, not literally, that would be upsetting, but I love this match. Me too. Me too. Well, I mean, it's the first night, mind you, uh, but it started off hot, right? right. Nice, nice, nice way to close out the show. Uh, and you're right; it did feel like one of those never 
open weight championship matches from maybe three years ago, you know, that we all, we all kind of got a little sick of, right. We all kind of like, all right, enough of this shit. We've seen this a a trillion times, but you know, once they cool that off, bring it back a little bit, you're kind of like, Ooh, all right. Now, now, now I remember why I like this stuff. Yeah. That was, that was, I'm sorry. Just, uh, uh, Will Ospreay versus Dalton Castle does not scream never open weight championship to me. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Uh, this, 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 this was two guys doing what they do best, right? In the way that they know how to do it. Delivered. Right? Again, we talk about getting up in age and all that stuff. We This show, we're talking about guys that have been around quite a while delivering performances still that are top quality and top notch, right? Think about that for a second. You know, there's a lot to be said about uh, a 20-something-year-old Jay White and a 20-something-year-old Will Ospreay. And sometimes it's the 40-something-year-old and in some cases the 50-year-olds that are delivering these high-impact High quality, well paced, strong main events uh, and semi main events that that constantly deliver. Why? They know how to do it. There's something to be said about experience. There's something to be said about the way that they were trained. There's something to be said about their physical conditioning. But there's also something to be said about the fact that experience, a lot of times, wins out over athletic ability. Um, and there's a there's one match in particular that will point out that that kind of speaks to that. Um, I'd rather see sometimes, a lot of times, experience over physical ability. Yeah, I totally agree. And this is one of those matches that I love, but I can't really talk about it at great length. There's not that much to say about it. It was just, like I said, two old guys beating the crap out of each other and everyone liked it. Yeah, every, and right, nobody panned it. Nobody, how, how can you? Um and again, another another <laughs> another tap on the shoulder to an old guy that 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 made it happen. Um, and and you know, I think it's pretty evident that you know of the dads, Nagata still got got his shit together. He could, he's fine. He, he could stick he could stick around as long. He said, I I, I listened to the show today. And they were talking about him uh, wanting to work until he's seventy. Okay, I'm not having a problem with fifties right now. Let's put it that way. Okay, let's move on to the Saturday show on March 9th at Aichi, the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Yes, Scampi, we're getting there. He's very excited to hear about this next match, really? which was uh, Toa Hinare losing to <laughs> Lance Archer in 11 minutes following the blackout. To me, at the start of this, Lance Archer was totally baby-facing himself when he was doing the old-school rope walk and getting big cheers from the crowd. Uh, I, I'm into Lance Archer. I like his stuff. I'm not just saying that because he... He's listening to this audio clip because someone's cut it and sent it to him now. I like the pounce. Such a great move. Uh, Hanare got a few hope spots that I bought into. And I found myself really disappointed when Hanare lost, which I'm taking that as a good sign that I was invested in the match. Like, it was simple stuff, but well executed. I don't think it really played to Hanare's strengths because I think, like we are just talking about, Hanare is one of those uh, never open weight style guys who... Is you're going to see the best out of him in a match like you did with Ishii last year where he's doing that sort of strong style, just beating the shit out of each other. So as the baby face in peril, I'm not sure that got the best out of him. This match was okay. Pretty forgettable though because I was talking to someone else about the matches from this night and I just could not for the life of me remember this match. 
it, it was totally gone from my memory. So I don't know if that's me being unkind, but what did you think? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way in, in the sense of, you know, you know, if I didn't take notes on it, I probably wouldn't remember much about it. Um, I do like Lance Archer too. You know, somebody, uh, somebody has him going really deep in this, like finals deep. I was like, I don't know if I could see that. I don't know if, if if Lance Archer is going past the second round, and I think I was a little bit disappointed because like we're all kind of waiting for Hanari to to take that next level, take that leap, and I think having a win over Lance would have been a nice little uh, little step in that direction. Hasn't happened as of yet. We're all waiting for that to happen. It was good. I I I mean, what three, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Gentlemen's three. There you go. That's how I I'm Mike that. Spears. Thanks for that. Yep. Uh, next match then was Mikey Nichols making his uh, singles debut. I think it was his singles debut in New Japan. Um, someone no, no, no. Actually, uh, actually, he... Um, oh, you know what? It might be singles debut. Um, but definitely not debut. Um, so no, I'll shut I up. And, he's, he's so I'll shut up and let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, maybe he has been in a singles match. I don't know. Someone let me know. Uh, so Mikey Nichols defeated Hikuleo in eight minutes following the Mikey Bomb, which is the shittest name for a finishing move ever. Crowd absolutely dead for this. It was, as Jamie Linus was there, it was as silent as a crypt. And the camera work was a bit dodgy here. They totally missed Nichols reversing the headliner. This was, I don't know, what, what are the cool kids saying now? Aggressively fine. Even though that phrase makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, look at the word aggressively. The definition of aggressively, that's... Uh, I'm going to look it up. In a manner resulting from or betraying aggression or in a determined and forceful way. It doesn't make any sense to apply that to the word fine. Use another phrase. Yeah, yeah. Painfully average. It was savagely mediocre. I mean, Hikono, he looked fine here. But like physically, he's got a bit of a strange shape. He needs to bulk up a bit. He He's too handsome, Damien. He's too... He's got just a nice-looking face. He looks like a lovely, lovely guy that you want to hang out with. And I don't think that works as the monster bullet club heel thing that they're going for. Um, so, again, this match, pretty much like the first one. Nothing wrong with it, but just pretty forgettable. Yeah. He's got that Lurch hair going on. Is that Lurch? What is, the, what, what is that monster from Bugs Bunny? You know which one I'm talking about? The, the, that orange one that has like, the hair over his head? You don't know which one I'm talking about, do you? I'll shut up again. No, no. All right, I'll, I'll I'll Google it, and I don't even know what I would search for, um, but maybe somebody can help us out there. Uh, yeah, Lurch, isn't that the butler from the Adams family? Probably right. It's a different Lurch. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I think I probably have my names mixed up. I forget. Whatever. I you 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 you. I don't know. Maybe you haven't seen it. You don't really know my references. <laughs> Most of them, anyway. Um, Whatever. The match, Joel. I can't say I enjoyed it. Can't say it was uh, one of those things that uh, is memorable. Probably. All right, let's let's do this. We did. We did. Where 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 is this? Where is this match for you? Now here's the thing. I will say this. You got a guy who's coming fresh back from from oh, what was it a year? Almost a year off, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you got a guy who's coming back. That, let's be honest here, I'm sure most of the people in that audience had no fucking idea who the hell he was, right? That was a bad spot to be in, right? That's a, that's a, that's a, tough, that's a tough spot to be in, especially when you're trying to make a you know, good impression, good first start. 
it just wasn't a lot to hear to hang your hat on, man. Um, yeah, we we got a question here which kind of sums up my thoughts from Falcon McRamsey. He says, "Do you agree with the fact that it's stupid for New Japan to have a match between a guy the fans don't seem to care about, Hikoleo, and a guy the fans don't seem to know about that well, Mikey Nichols? It was a strange choice, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. It re- I mean, I, I said that when they did the brackets that that this is this is a rough one, and that's kind of why I, I kind of said like Hikoleo should should move on, and then you, now we got this weird chaos thing going on." Um, I don't know, man. I didn't feel this one. I, I, truth be told, you know, I don't want to be negative, Damon, but eh, where I wear it well. It's probably my least favorite match of the New Japan Cup so far. Okay, next one then was Will Ospreay defeating Bad Luck Farley in 11 minutes with uh, Hurricane Rana. So, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings on this because the rib selling bit was really boring. Farley was barely mobile, just sort of standing around, treading on Ospreay. I was just not into it at all. But that said, the crowd got very hot for the comeback. It was just a consummate baby face comeback thing. The Japanese fans love him. I was living vicariously through Osprey when he was beating the crap out of Farley with a kendo stick. And I got a funny note here from Japanese Retro Game Center in our Discord who says, I was there. Biggest spot of the night was when Osprey chucked the kendo stick and it hit a couple of fans about three rows back. Uh, so... Yeah, Farley practically immobile here. But that said, he did do a great job tumbling over for the Frankensteiner. But his shoulder was clearly off the mat for the pinfall because they got mixed up over which leg Osprey was going to hook. It looked sloppy and it looked bad, but it's a Farley match, so I guess that's to be expected. And I mean, to me, this match just established the fact that this focus on Osprey here, like we said already, he's already a huge star in the company, both in Japan and abroad. Uh, what did you think of the match? That finish was sloppy as hell, wasn't it? Um, I was actually shocked by it. I really was. That's a big win. Fale doesn't lie down for many people. You know, you could you could go through only Peter. Uh, <laughs> Holy moly! Yeah, uh, I went there. <laughs> you sure did. Good boy. All right. Hey, look. I mean, nice. Anywho, um, he doesn't in a pro wrestling sense, Joe. So that's a big win. Kind of came, kind of, kind of surprised me. Broke my bracket, messed up my bracket on that one. Because um, I had uh, Folly getting out. This is the first time he hasn't gotten fir- out of the first round, too. If I'm not mistaken. So uh, again, Will continues on that streak of. Pinning big guys, pinning monsters. I can't believe that even in like the graphics and in and, and in discussing Will, that they still refer to him as like a junior heavyweight. They yeah, put- I was going to say the same thing because I, I have been quite vocal. I was like, oh, he's not a junior anymore. He's clearly heavyweight because he hasn't. You know, I gave lots of reasons. His last junior singles match was against was it Mighty Scar back in September or something. But you're right; they do keep referring to him, and he keeps referring to himself. As a junior. So we did have a question about this. Tyler says, uh, in the New Japan Cup intro video, they got Will Ospreay as a junior. How does this change how you view Ospreay's current run with him being pin- with him pinning numerous credible heavyweights? Because they are still pushing this that he is a junior. They are. I, 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 he's, but he's not. He, I mean, listen, get a scale. Get a fucking scale on that he's ring right now. He's fucking huge. He's right. massive. And he's jacked. He's muscular. Like That is the most ridiculous thing, calling him a junior. But why do you think they're doing it? Do you, I don't know. Is, is there any chance he's, they're putting him in best of the super juniors? I can't imagine at this point. Like, why would, would you? 
Why would you? Uh, uh, he he should be he if he's not in G one, there's something fucking just crazy at this point. I mean, he's pinning Fale. Who's pinned Fale? You know what I mean? Okada, Tanahashi. Uh, I, he pinned fucking Fale. He's pinned Jeff Cobb for Christ's sake. I, <laughs> And 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 what do you think? Do you think it's a safe guess that he's pinning Archer? He pin well. Like, yeah, he he's pin- got a pin Archer. You, you you can't have him lose to Lance Archer. Sorry, Lance, we love you, but no. All right, but guess what? He he picked up the win in the tag match today, right? Look, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they're continuing to put, to keep him in that bucket when when they refer to him and even on commentary. I. I, I don't have an answer for you. I don't. I don't know. But he is, he is, he is, he is Trent Beretta ridiculousness when it comes to being a junior. Let's put it that way. It's, that's just silly at this point. Um, just be done with it. He's, a, he's not a junior. He's a heavyweight. But according to the company, he's a junior. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. Main event of this show was Kazuchika Okada defeating Michael Elgin in 24 minutes with the Rainmaker. Damon, it's time for unpopular NJPW opinion here. I like Elgin matches. There. I've I, I've said it. I, I enjoy his matches. And I know I'm probably going to get shat on for this. I don't care. I know they're dumb and maybe it doesn't make sense. And people say, oh, it's just him doing moves. I like it. I like seeing big, muscly, dumb guys doing big, strong moves and beating the crap out of each other and doing huge slams and stuff. I like that shit. And I like this match here. Go through Elgin matches, and and I'm guaranteeing you, if you go through his entire New Japan run, you're going to see more matches that were great than matches that were eh, right? Or even just good, right? He's good. He's a good pro wrestler. It's okay to say that. You know what I mean? Like, what, what you think of him personally, or what you think of him morally, or what you think of whatever you know nonsense that came his way, in the past year, um, you have every right to think whatever you want to think uh, or feel. I'm not going to tell you what to do on, on that. But I, what I will say is, is that you're not being objective when it comes to Michael Elgin in the ring. And, and, and Michael Elgin in the ring is a fucking great pro wrestler. He really is. Uh, uh, <laughs> This is every time he's called. Okay, maybe not every time, but more times than not, when he when he is called upon, he delivers. This is another example. Love this match. Love this match was great. Um, look, I know for I don't. I can't say I know for a fact, but let's put it this way: he's a guy that that right now I would think feels like he has something he has to prove. And he has to really stand out from the pack, from every other North American, Australian, whoever that's in this company right now. Uh, it does feel like he is lost in the shuffle, right? And whether that's being injured, and, and one of those injuries wasn't his fault. He got kicked in the fucking face, right? Um, they, they, have, they have a commodity there that I think that either... You know they don't they they don't want to get behind they they're afraid to get behind they they whatever it is 
I think they're missing the boat there. I really, I really do because I feel like in ring, he's got a he's he he is underappreciated. I I I, re- I will say that in the ring, he is underappreciated. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. He looked pissed off here, like you say. He looked like he had a chip on his shoulder. He was going out there with a point to prove. Like the forearm from the clean break, the chops to Okada's chest. They sounded like a fucking rifle, Damon. The sound they made. He, and he just had this snarl on his face the entire match. I thought the match was terrific. I was really excited by the final five minutes or so. My heart was pounding because I really thought Okada might lose. And I was cheering for Okada because I I want him to be in that main event at MSG. I know I picked Ibushi, but Okada in there would be great. And I thought this match massively delivered. It was right up there with their G1 match from 2017. And we know Okada's brilliant. He's quite possibly one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But yeah, I mean, Elgin, am I nuts here, Damon? Or did the post-match feel like a goodbye? Just the way that it was done, it, it kind of reminded me of the way Osprey was sort of giving Kushida the send-off after New Year Dash, where, you know, they do the handshake and he, you know, Okada's doing the, you know, the, the flexing pose for Elgin. Am I out to lunch on that, or were you getting similar vibes? Uh, a little bit. You know, look, I mean, I know he, uh, like I said, I, I think he he went into this match with a little bit of, it, it, at least it felt like to me, you know, that he went into this match with a you know, little bit, you know, he, maybe some things were bothering him. I don't know. Maybe some things, I mean, he wasn't in a good mood. Maybe uh, he's taking out some frustrations on a guy. Uh, Weirdly. Try- Weirdly. Uh, it, that, that seems to get the best out of him. I don't yeah. know if this is just all his matches are good, but uh, I'm just thinking back to last year. Was it Kizuna Rhodes, I think, when he had the never openweight title for like a week and then dropped it immediately to Goto. But that match they had at Karakum was fucking awesome. And they just mm-hmm. beat the shite out of each other. So again, I don't know if this is something where like, if you piss off Elkin, that he'll go up there and have a really good match for you. Or maybe all, all of his, I just like all of his matches. I don't know. But just it seems to me that New Japan don't really value him that highly. Just given the way that he's booked, I don't know. I feel it might be time for him to move on. I think he'd be great in somewhere like All Japan. Like, How good would he look in a, a champion carnival? I'd love to see him oh. fight guys like Zeus or Joe Durring, Shuji Ishikawa, you know, not to mention Kento Miyahara. But it just seems like, like you say, he's stuck in the doldrums in New Japan, no matter how hard he tries. Uh, we've got questions from this. Tyler, again, he says, every time Big Mike Elgin is put in a big spot, he delivers. Now that we're over a year removed from his personal stuff, what does his future hold with NJPW? Will he receive a big push in the near future? And it doesn't seem like it. it doesn't seem like it's on the cards. It doesn't feel like it. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think he... I don't... I mean, I don't know what the pay situation is in in, in an all Japan or or other Japanese independents, but you know, maybe, maybe just a, maybe just I don't know. I I can't, I I don't have an answer to that. I don't even know if he has an answer to that, and I don't even know if the company has an answer to that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, some of those some of those names you rattle off. How, I mean, how great would those fucking matches be? Um, I I don't know. I I don't know, but yeah, he he did seem to go into that match with you know, oh yeah, well, let me show you, let me let me show you what I can do. So okay, let's let's let's. Let, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe he just maybe he's that guy that needs that motivation. Um, but it's hard to walk away from that New Japan contract, you know, even no matter what it is. I'm sure it's more than you know some of those other promotions. I don't know. I don't know what the pay situation is, but it seems to me he could be a big fish in a smaller pond. 
All right, so let's move on to night three, which is on Sunday, March the 10th in Hyogo. And the first New Japan Cup match was Hiroshi Tenzan against Yusuke Taguchi, with uh, Taguchi winning in 12 minutes with the Kido clutch. So obviously Taguchi took the place of David Finley, who has a torn labrum and is out for six months minimum. That's a real kick in the bollocks, isn't it, Damon? That's That's serious stuff. Six months. I mean, we said it, though. You, you know, your shoulder just doesn't pop fucking back in without any damage. So, I mean, sometimes it does. I mean, I guess. But, I don't know. It seemed, seemed kind of weird that everybody was kind of hand-waving that. And, well, like, he, let's let's let him get checked by a doctor first. Well, he did. Six months. Of the, that's, that's, a, that's a monkey wrenching plan. So, that's for sure for him. Yeah, especially when he was getting this push in Ring of Honor. And it looked... You know, as people always say, there's never a good time to get injured, but this seemed to be particularly inopportune for David Finley. So we wish him all the best there. But uh, let's talk about the Tenzan Taguchi match itself. We obviously had this built-in story with Taguchi wanting to become the 69th IWGP Heavyweight Champion. And something that we didn't mention was uh, the fact that ankle. We're always talking about Tenzan's ankle, and Taguchi's got the ankle lock. So it was just really horrible seeing... Taguchi applying the ankle lock on someone who we know has got real life ankle troubles. It, it was like that scene from Misery, the, the hobbling scene. Uh, but I thought this match was really good. I liked it. Tenzan, again, he was surprisingly mobile. I know I keep saying this about the dads. Uh, Taguchi seemed to cut out most of the comedy. They went out, they had a, a serious high quality wrestling match. And we got Taguchi with a tribute to his wrestling coach, Osamu Kido. And he was talking in the backstage comments that he might bring out the samurai clutch and he was talking about bringing older moves from the Showa era into the future. So I like this, Damon. Yeah. One thing I, I remember about this match is uh, the, the thing that stands out. There are a couple of times where <laughs> Taguchi's, you know, just something simple, like you know, just whipping Tenzan into the ropes. And I'm thinking, don't whip this poor guy into the ropes. Like we don't want him to be running at any type of speed uh, at any point uh, this match. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's better than I thought it was going to be, right? And again, I, threes we're, we're in, and we're not hitting four level. They tried. Tenzan tried. I like uh, I like when Taguchi makes fun of people's mannerisms you know, with the Mongolian chops and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I do enjoy that, taking the piss out of them. Um, threes, okay. You know, Tenzan's out and Taguchi moves on. But I think it's a good thing. And I think everyone kind of predicted that as well. Okay, next match then was Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Shota Umino in 60 minutes with the Texas Cloverhold. And I said it on Twitter, Damon, those motherfuckers got me with that near fall. That was like 2.99999. And Tanahashi's shoulder just came up at the last second. I, I seriously thought uh, Umino had done it. That's the closest I've ever seen to a three. I thought this was an outstanding performance from Shota. Tanahashi made him look great. I love the story, the dueling submissions, like the Boston Crab against the uh, Texas Cloverholds. And I was talking to this with Jojo Remy on the Slack chat. He, he pointed out Shota looked a lot less nervous going into this. And this was about as good as a, a young line versus big star match that you could get for the story that they were trying to tell. Because obviously, you don't want Shota pushing him too hard but you still want to make him look good in the process and the the really good thing about Umino is that he can work lots of different match styles already especially if you watch his Lionsgate project work and like the Zack Sabre Jr. match we talked about uh, uh, last week so already he's shown signs of being a very very special talent and uh, other people have pointed out quite rightly what a conflict of interest having his dad referee in this match that shouldn't have been allowed yeah and also 
interesting in the backstage comments, Tanahashi saying that uh, he didn't feel like the star of that match and he sees a young me in Shota Umino. So definitely something that you, you feel we're going to be going back to in the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that we had said it earlier and I know other people were echoing this. That That's video package, right? That 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 match will be video packaged and used in this man's career, uh, now and forevermore. Great match. That that two and yeah two point nine point nine 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 had me too. It really had me too, because it was right there. Right, it was it was uh, as tight as you could get. I really had to think hard, and I had to think long about. Have I seen uh, or watched a star, established star, against a young lion? And the amount that Tanahashi did give, have I ever, did, did I ever see that in, in that way before? I thought Tanahashi was tremendous here. Umino. Do, do, now you mentioned it. Do you think Tanahashi gave Umino more than he gave Kushida for Kushida's uh, yes! leaving match? I was just about to say it. Joel, you read my mind. I really feel that way, and I'd have to go back and watch it. But it, but maybe it was maybe it's the scale I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just the scale of you know who these people are and 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 what these matches were. It did feel that way, right? And there were moments where Tanahashi, you know, it would zoom in on Tanahashi's face, and he's kind of given that kind of breathing of a sigh, like what the fuck? Thought I was having a you know, I got to really work for this shit, uh, which I thought were really great. Yeah, the cloverleaf spot was really nice. Um, well worked, well paced. Yeah, and and again, what's what what people are going to walk away from and remember for a long time is that is that kickout spot, that kickout spot. You know, he was he was an ass hair away from pinning the guy. Uh, and then I do like the fact that even after that, very quickly, wasn't that long after where it was like, oh, okay, kick out, you fucked up, boom, pin, right? Where do, what do you do with Umino now? You've like, got to say more on excursion now. Yeah. That seems I, like the perfect uh, punctuation point to then say, okay, pack your bag, son, you're going off to the States or whatever. Right. How can he lose to a young lion now? Can you do that now? Can you have him take a pinfall now? Can you have him tap out to a Boston Crab now? I think he's at the top of the. I don't know. Is he at the top of the young lines? I don't think he. He's not going to be beaten by a you know Narita or Uemura or Tsuji. Maybe a. Um, I, I guess Yota Tsuji. They have him slightly above Umino. But again, to me, you've had this amazing special moment, and it seems the perfect point to send him off. And it would be. Well, I. I suppose I have to look at today's matches. Actually, was he on? Was he on? Yeah, the he was on the tag. League? Yeah, he was on. He yeah. was. He was on the Okada Tanahashi team, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and even then, maybe I'm. Maybe this is silly, but it feels like it's kind of taking the shine off of it somehow. Think back. You have. You have better. Oh, well, so that's yeah. Sorry, you said so. He's on the team with Okada and Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty good spot, actually. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. That is a good spot. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, he did take the fall, mind you, but 
Um, think back even in recent time. Young Lion match against an established star. Getting that much offense. Getting that much shine over over a guy who just headlined Tokyo Dome. Right? Um, pushing a guy to a limit like that. Like, that says something. That, that, that's not something that... I mean, getting the spot is one thing, right? That's, that's, that's big in and itself, right? Getting that New Japan Cup spot. Pushing Tanahashi. This is not pushing Juice Robinson. This is not pushing uh, Hanare. This is not pushing Yano. This is Hiroshi Tanahashi we're pushing to that level. You can't, you can't be tapping out to a Boston Crab at this point. Not for him. He's got to go away real quick. Because what else do you do? What else do you do? Why, why lose that moment? Why lose that momentum? Let's let's send them away. Let's send them away. I know, I know, we're quick to rush things sometimes, especially here on this show. But what do you do with the guy now? You you push the, the guy who just main evented the fucking Tokyo Dome. And won the title to the absolute again an ass hair. This and it wasn't a slip on a banana peel kind of thing. It was I was worn down to the point where I almost got pinned. What else do you do? Send them on excursion now. Let's move on. Eighth match was Zack Saber Jr. defeating King of Darkness Evil in 15 minutes with Hurrah! Another year. Surely this one will be better than the last. The inexorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness. This match led me to happiness, Damon. I think this is the best match they've had. Best match of the year for both guys. Fantastic stuff. Like They know each other's moves inside out. And seeing them go hold and counter hold, reversing each other's signature moves, jockeying for position, with a real intensity. To me, it looked like a proper scramble in a grappling match or an MMA match. It was absolutely thrilling. One complaint, evil with his goofy rest spots when he's doing the thing where he, he makes red shoes hold the other guy's leg and kicks him and makes the ref help with a magic killer thing. Right. I don't like that stuff. I'm not, I'm not alone in that. But Zack Sabre Jr., he, he was on peak form. Also with his backstage comments, he was saying he's Eric Cantona, he's Aphex Twin taken on the diff, difficult second album. So I really enjoyed this match. What did you think? Great. Fantastic. Yeah, one of the, one of the better ones. You know, in, in a catalog that's already pretty great. With Zach and Evil, um, I'm I'm almost a little bit flabbergasted in the sense that how like some guys who get reputations, you know, like they talk about Goto being you know Mister Mister March with the New Japan Cup. Zach doesn't lose in these tournaments, so when he does lose, it will be a big deal because he's mo- he mowed through everybody last year. Wound up winning the fucking thing, and he's continuing on in that streak. And and here's the thing too: it would have been something to pin evil. It's even more something tap out again, right? And that's how he gets through these tournaments, making people tap out. I think that's significant. Um, I mean, people have to win and lose, and I like the fact that there are clean decisions, right? What 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 would have been absolute the coward's way out 
would have been some nonsense, like a double disqualification or a double count out or some fucking bullshit like that. I like the fact that while you do question, okay, so what do you do with the guy after that? And 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 Los Ingobernables in particular, not for nothing. Uh, I like the fact that New Japan has the balls to say, mm, nope, you're tapping out, and and we'll we'll fix you later. But right now, we need to see you in this fucking that nonsense named hole, <laughs> um, whatever it is. Uh, yes, we need to see you tapping out, and that's that's a good thing. Clean finish. Here's an interesting question from at RBX2000. Given Zach be evil again, was it a waste to give evil the win at New Beginning? Could have been part of an ongoing story, e.g. Star, Walter, Osprey, Skull. So do you think it would have been better to have uh, just a clean sweep for Zack Sabre Jr. in these matches against evil? Mm, I mean, in hindsight, you, you, you kind of think, what, you know, how did it benefit or how did it help the program or how did it help evil? I guess evil had to get a win, I guess. You know, I see what that person's saying, you know, what's the point in the sense of, hey, Zach just has this guy's number, and, and for whatever reason, evil can't get past that. Um, eh, I, I, I see the point. I definitely see the point. Um, and it might might actually lead to a better story overall. Yeah, I, kinda, I'm, I think I'm, I might be in agreement with that one. And uh, just a, a funny question here. The spear tip says, maybe I missed this being brought up back in the day, but am I the only one who noticed that evil basically ripped off Akitoshi Saito's gimmick to an extent? Mm, I'd have to look back. Um, give me... I, can't I don't know who that is, Damon. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm, thought I, you would. I, oh. <laughs> we'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for that one. I'll get back to you on that one. One thing that I liked about this program was Zach uh, repeatedly referring to evil as Nabe-chan. I thought that was cute. Uh, let's move on to the main event here, which was Kota Ibushi defeating Tetsuya Naito in 20 minutes with the Kami Goye, uh, a match uh, also known as Fuck Both of Our Necks. Uh, Nicole asks, who hates their neck more, Naito or Ibushi? Uh, also points out, am I the only one who's noticed that both times Ibushi has returned to NJPW, Naito has just been his first one-on-one opponent. That's 2017 G1 and Night 3 in the New Japan Cup. Uh, there was a terrific Twitter thread from at effing boring about the relationship between Ibushi and Naito, how they were kind of set up in similar roles. You had the Stardust Genius and the Golden Star, but the fans really loved Golden Star, Kota Ibushi, but they never really connected with Tetsuya Naito as the Stardust Genius. So there was a bit of resentment there. And at times when Ibushi was reaching out to Naito as a friend, Naito was rejecting him because he was still pissed off about the being rejected by the fans and he was sort of taking that out on Naito. So I thought that was really interesting going into it. And wow, this match. I mean, every time these two get into the ring with each other, it's fireworks and I get scared that someone's going to be leaving in a fucking ambulance. There was just some really cool stuff in here, like the Tiger Driver 91 into the Kamigoye, which... Um, some people point out maybe it was a little tribute to Noah. Uh, Naito playing heel in this match was interesting. And again, a similar story to the last match where these guys have wrestled each other many times before and they know all each other's moves, but and they were just countering each one of each other's signature moves into like deadly shit, just like dropping each other on their heads. It was really painful to watch. Like uh, Ibushi stealing the, the driller move. And oh, man, just every time, this this match just always delivers in such a big way. 
Both guys, right? Both guys. Uh, unbelievable performance. That though my my lone disappointment, and it's not even the the two guys that are in the ring. Fucking, I missed that that uh, that pile driver spot on the apron. Um, looked like they switched cameras or something right in the middle of it. I was like, ah, oh, what the fuck? I mean, it looked deadly, and you heard Kevin Kelly going nuts over it. Missed that. Um, what a match, man. <laughs> Look, I don't know how you how you don't think that anything that you missed with Kenny Omega, you get with Kota Ibushi. And personally, I think, does it better? Right. I would take Kota Ibushi over Kenny Omega just about any day of the week. Um, David, we've got to try and get through one podcast without mentioning Kenny Omega. We really do, but it's hard. <laughs> I mean, one day we will. One day we will. I mean, here's the thing. You know what? You go back in time, you listen to the old pure cast shows. We did the same thing with fucking Nakamura, right? We just, it's, it's just, you're, you know, for years, Kenny Omega was ingrained in this company. And he, and, and the, the remnants of Kenny Omega is still here. Um, so, yeah, if you're one of those people that's like, get the fuck over and stop talking. It's a little hard to do. We will. Eventually that day will come. Um, have you seen a lot of these interviews with Ibushi lately? And his... Uh, Looks like it looks like he's having a lot more. And again, st- it could be storyline. It could be whatever. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it. And maybe that maybe that's the best pro wrestling storyline. Seems like he's uh, he's dealing with a little bit of a broken heart, Joel. Seems like he's dealing with a little bit. Of, here's what it seems like in the relationship. And again, Dan, if you want to hit some fucking music right now, by all means, now would be the time. And now it's time once again for Joel states that wrestlers are in a relationship as if it was a verifiably proven fact, when it's more so just his idealized fantasy based on hearsay. I think Kenny is the kind of guy who's like, ah, oh, we're going to move on and I, went to, I wish the best and blah, blah, blah. And Coda is the guy that's like, no, fuck you. Hey, <laughs> fuck you. And I'm going to show you what you fucking miss. It does seem that way a little bit. It seems that way a little bit. Uh, like where you, they're aggressively uploading stuff to social media, pictures ah. of you know yourself in a bikini, having an uh-huh. amazing time. Yeah. Like you, you see the person in the, you happen to have gone to the same bar or something and you're just laughing at jokes a little bit too loudly to show what an amazing <laughs> right. time you're having. Yeah, you're a little bit too touchy-feely. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're now the life of the, yeah. Yeah, it does seem like that, doesn't it? it does seem like that instinct. Oh, Tetsuya, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kino. Oh, sure, I would love to come to Noah. <laughs> right? Oh, it does seem that way, right? The Instagram stories get, get just, oh, my God, this person must be living the life. Living the life. Drinks in the hand, toes in the sand. Uh, so, new haircut, right? New haircut. You notice that? New fresh cut. I don't know. It, it does seem like a... Does seem like a, a new, a new uh, the new me. It's the new me. Kodo. Should they change his entrance music to "I Will Survive"? 
right. Uh, well, look. And listen, he's got we got that documentary coming out, right? Well, he was saying, Coda was saying, you know, they were uh, there was an interview and they were kind of like uh you know, maybe not directly asking, but they were they were hitting around that there, there might be something else that he, that he's upset about. And he's talking about how uh, he's, you know, can't talk about it right now. Uh, it's a word. They're, we're doing Ibushi versus Omega at the Tokyo Dome. Come on. Is this what this is? Is this what this is? Okay. We got that We got that documentary coming out. All right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say. Watch the trailer. Watch the trailer for the video. And I, th- I think it I think it speaks volumes of, of, of what's going on here. So, okay. All right. Enough of my speculating about relations and all that stuff, because what the fuck do I know, right? It's a pro wrestling angle, right, guys? Right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The old work is the new work. I'll tell you one thing that I absolutely loved about this, Damon. The foreshadowing camera angle with the IWGP, the Intercontinental belt in the foreground, and Ibushi in the background. I can't remember what the name of that shot is. And... Andrew Rich. I've got your back, brother. No one fucks with Andrew Rich. You go after Andrew Rich, you got to answer to me. That's all I'm going to say, Damon. Uh, listen, uh, listen, go read a book, Joel, all right? Go. <laughs> um, yeah, look. I mean, that's that was a weird that was a weird one, right? Of all people, uh, Andrew Rich. Well, look, I, uh, I'm, I, I was proud of you. I mean, I'm glad that you... Uh, that because a lot of times people just don't want to, to get involved in that and don't want to, but you you did the right thing. Scampy's uh, got a, your back as well, Andrew. Scampy's got the back as well. But here's the thing, and and I will say this, I will say this, and again, maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate, whatever. I think everybody has has uh, tweeted stuff that they regret, right? And if if apologies are to be had, then hey, listen, let bygones be bygones, and that to be that. But yeah, I mean, you know. A lot, there's a lot of other people that, you know, as, as you said, don't go on me. I'm a prick. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. You, you want to call me a dickhead? Fine. You, I deserve it, definitely. But it's not Andrew. Andrew's like the nicest guy in the shithole that is wrestling Twitter. Really uh, is. Rack focus. That's the, the term is rack focus that I was looking for. All right. Uh, listen, we've seen it a million times before, right? Not a million times, but, but you know, they, they do a good job with that, right? They, they did. Uh, um, the one that comes to mind is. Um, Okada, yes, uh, after Dominion, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and that, that still shot of the, the belt, and we're looking toward the ring, and all the, all the, uh, the streamers that have had fallen, or actually, it was uh, Okada's box of Okada. I must be mistaken on the ground. Regardless, uh, who did? But yes, uh, good job. Okay, uh, question for you, Damon. Any issues with Naito going out in the first round? Do you think that hurts him? I mean, look, LIJ fans can't be thrilled with that. But here's the thing: I don't think in this situation it does. Um, I would, you would think that there would be an intercontinental title defense, you know, in in the near future. And I think lots of people still have him, you know, kind of earmarked from one of these two dome shows. So, um, no, I mean, I I don't. He's got the Intercontinental title. It's still the number two title in the company. So um, all, all hope is not lost yet. But, yeah, somebody had to lose that match. And uh, you got a guy who just signed a two-year deal. So, I mean, you do the math. 
Well, let's talk about that title defence then. Free Hat says, when should NJPW do Ibushi versus Naito for the IC title, MSG or Dominion? I don't think it's going to be either, Damon. I may have said it before. I think it's going to be one of these Sengoku Lord shows because that's a, a pretty big arena. I can't remember exactly what the capacity is, but it's a semi-big show and I think they need a big match to uh, get bums in seats, as they say, and I think that's where they're going to do it. I don't think we're going to get this match at MSG. No, I don't either. Um, I, I think maybe even a Dantaku show. Um, we got two we got two nights of that, um, and, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that traditionally is an intercontinental title defense, right? A lot of times that headlines the show. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see something there. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Madison Square Garden. I hate to say it, uh, I smell Lij multi man tag. I really do. And John Carroll says, "Who is Naito's best opponent, if not Ibushi? Who?" I think it's Kenny Omega, actually. There are three matches, Naito Omega matches at the uh, three consecutive G1s, 2016, 2017, 2018, were absolutely terrific. And my favourite one is the 2016 match, but I think all three of them are tremendous. And for me, I, I enjoyed the Naito Omega matches just slightly more than the Naito Ibushi matches. What about you? Who do you think is Naito's best opponent? Hmm. Ibushi's probably in the top two. Um, Omega's in that list. El- Elgin's in that list. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with those three, right? Uh, I might go Abushi though. If, uh, if I had to pick one, I'll go Abushi. All right, so let's move on to today's matches, which seemed like fucking hours ago. <laughs> the length we've been going on this podcast. Uh, so it's this show came for Monday, March 11th in Kagawa, the Takamatsu City General Gymnasium. So skipping past the undercard stuff. Uh, sixth match, New Japan Cup, uh, was Toriano defeating David Boy Smith Jr. in five minutes with an Akagiri. David, this stank. This stank worse than the curry that Davy Boy Smith threw into the crowd. And I liked it at first. It was funny when Davy Boy was chasing Yano around the arena, but after that, it was just bad this match was a dud and look i like yano he makes me laugh but this wasn't funny it was just really really sad i really wanted a run from davy boy smith in this tournament he looked so good in that tag match last month against tanahashi and osprey could they not have swapped things around a bit look at some of the names who are through to the next round we've got yoshihashi chase owens mikey nichols lance archer cock you're telling me we can't have Davy Boy Smith Jr. there. Uh, I, I, not even that. I didn't even need him to win, David. Just actually wrestle a proper match. Give me one decent Davy Boy Smith Jr. singles match for fuck's sake. I want to see what this guy can do. And this is the second year running that he's lost to Yano in the first round in a comedy match. And honestly, if I were Davy Boy Smith, I'd be wondering what the hell I'm doing in this company. This really upset me. It did. Uh, yeah, it, it It was. A, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean... There is nothing here that you can think that you could sink your teeth into, especially coming off of, you know, what was a pretty decent uh, interaction with Will Ospreay, right, in that tag match. Um, you kind of got excited for David Boy Smith to be in this, and it, it, there was nothing there, man. Yeah, I felt bad too. I felt bad too. Uh, uh, look, I I know that that the comedy wrestling fans that listen to this show have you know their nipples are hard 
It wasn't funny. I like the comedy matches. When he wrestles, when he wrestled Kenny Omega, it was funny. I liked it. When he wrestles Sanada, it was funny and I liked it. But they just these two had no chemistry. It wasn't funny at all. It was just bad. It was a bad match. Yeah, this wasn't. Again, looking ahead to the second round, they got their dream match. They got their fucking dream match again, right? The you know the comedy. Yeah, I see. I see. So. I mean, you had to get there eventually, but this was not the best way to get there. Yeah, it wasn't funny. There, there have been there have been many more Yano matches that were pure one hundred percent goofy comedy, fast paced bullshit that were were a thousand times more enjoyable than this. This just didn't work. This just did not work. Yeah, I jumped the gun a bit there. Obviously, you're referring to the the upcoming match with Yano and Colt Cabana in the next round. Right. So uh, let's move on to the next match then, where Colt Cabana defeated Togi Makabe in seven minutes with the Superman. Uh, I like the Superman move. That's about it. Couldn't tell you anything else about this match. Got to say it, Damon. I'm not that keen on Colt Cabana. It's a bit of a weird signing. This match was very forgettable. It feels like this is this is when when the pinfall happened. This was my thought. Well, you brought him over. You might as well have him wrestle a couple of times, right? Might as well. I mean, um, I, it did. It did surprise me, especially Makabe. You know, they and it was really weird because you know the commentary would made a made a special point to let everybody know how famous he was and how much of a star Makabe was, and then you know he's losing to a, to a guy that again half the people in that crowd were like, "Who the fuck's this guy?" Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 they were working. He was working over Colt's leg at a certain point. <laughs> right, right. I remember texting. Listen, I'm waking up at five o'clock in the fucking morning for the in a four o'clock in the morning for this. Why? Why did you wake up so early to watch the whole undercard? I don't because because when I know I have to wake up for something, my sleep gets off. Like I, like I had this internal clock where I, I can really wake myself up, and sometimes I work myself up a little bit too much and then I, I, my eyes just pop open and then I'm afraid to fall back asleep so I'm just like all right I might as well just get up now so yeah I watched the whole entire fucking show yeah I know I, I could have woken up at my normal regular time and not missed a beat not missed a thing um when it came to the the, the cup matches but yeah I was up so I was like right, what the fuck I might as well just watch the whole thing Right, let's move on to, then to the next match where Minoru Suzuki defeated Satoshi Kojima in 30 minutes with a gotch style power driver these two men, David, with a combined age of 98 years old, just two old bastards, hard as nails, snarling, slapping seven shades of shit out of each other. My favourite bit of this match was uh, everyone fleeing in terror when they were brawling in the crowd. And Yuji Nagata's just sitting there at the Japanese commentary table with a look on his face of pure boredom. Like, he could not give a fuck about what was going on there. Uh, th- this match was all right in terms of action. I think there was more drama with the, the history between the two men and the dynamics between them rather than what was actually going on in the ring. It was okay. It, it was it was decent. But did you see enough here from Kojima to warrant no. another go in the G1? No, I think we're done. I think that ship has sailed. To me personally. The, the, uh, I, th- I, think, I think we're done. I, let's put it this way. I don't want to see him in G1. I don't. I don't want to see him in G1. Not I'm, and I'm not knocking him. It's just that we 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 we've done this, and I don't I don't want to see him go two and whatever thirteen or whatever the fuck the number is, right? I just don't want to see that. I'm 
I don't find the matches to be that compelling. Now, I will say this. He took a fucking beating with those chairs. You said a chair shot to the head? Oh, Christ almighty, what are you doing? Like, don't you get to a certain age where you're like, I ain't, we, we don't have to do that, right? If you want to chuck shit on my back, go ahead. But the fucking chair shot to the head? What the hell are you thinking? But, you know, sometimes you just don't know any better. You just do it, you know, because you've done it before. Um, it was a fine. It was okay. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock these two. They're 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 fine. Three stars, yeah, fine. All right, and our main event was Sanada defeating Hiroki Goto in 20 minutes with a rounded body press. This oh. is a bit of a strange one, Dane, because we were communicating on uh, WhatsApp while this match was going on. We were all ready to bury this match, but then it turned out at the end to be kind of good. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what I feel about this match right now. But I know you got some thoughts on Sanada, yeah. so I'm going to let you go first here. All right. Well, you know how we just got done talking about Elgin and how, you know, it's 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 the thing to be underappreciating what he contributes in ring. I'm at the end of my rope with fucking Sonata, dude. I'm at the, I'm at the end of my rope. I really am. Yes, this was a, a decent, not better than decent. It was a good, strong finish. When 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 does this thing happen with Sonata, where he looks a looks like he gives a shit, b puts out churns out a performance that is excellent, and delivers that top quality match? Now look, he doesn't get a ton of singles opportunities. I get that. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe today was just my fucking breaking point. But for three quarters of this match, I'm just kind of like, what, what are we doing here? Chin locks? The fuck? Like, like, it feels to me, and again, I could be dead wrong, that everything he does is done to sabotage his career. Like, he's, he's like such, uh, I don't, like, from the look to the beard to the, I don't give a shit at it. It's just like, I don't get it. I'm at the end of my rope. And it's like, it's, I know it's there. I know, I, I, what, am I, what am I waiting for with him? He gets a pass from fucking everyone. And I'm tired of it. I, I I don't know what it is. Deliver. Deliver in a big spot. Who does he got in this second round, Joel? Who's he got? Suzuki. Suzuki. Rematch. Okay. From new beginning. Yeah. How do you think that's going to go? Eh, I, okay. I'm not holding my breath for anything brilliant. Not going right? to lie. Okay. I mean, when is it going to happen? Okay, here, here we are, Damon. Tell me what you think about this. The semi-final and the final of the New Japan Cup are in Niigata, which is Sonata's hometown. Yeah? Do you think that's it? Do you think that's what he needs? He needs a hometown bus? Let me ask you flat out right now. In ring, Elgin or Sonata? <laughs> I'm going to get crucified for this, but I... I Say it. No, say I, it, you I was, motherfucker. Say it. <laughs> I was going to say Elgin, but no, I'm not. Say it. I don't know. Say the word. <laughs> say it. I, I don't know if I can. Say the word. Faith. You know it's true. <sighs> Joe, you, you fucking know it's true. Yeah. Uh. This is causing me actual physical pain. Are you forcing me to say this? 
You still waiting for me to say it? Oh yeah. You still waiting for me to say it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ask the question again. In ring. Body of work. Elgin or Sonata? Elgin. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. And, right, here, here we are. I think Elgin, if, if you ask me, Joel, what's Elgin's best match? I can say, New Beginning, 2017, Tetsuya Naito, five stars. Okay. Fucking brilliant match. Yep. If you were to say to me, Sonata's best match, uh, I'm hey, struggling. Right. Yes, yeah, sure struggling. are. You sure are. And again, because none of Sonata's matches were as good as that Elgin Naito match. No, no. I don't. I don't think there's any that come close. I don't think there's any that come close. Now again, spends a lot of time in the tag situations, right? Spends a lot of time dicking around with God, right? Okay. I haven't seen it yet, man. I really haven't. Let me ask you this. Name me a match that was better than Elgin Ishii from Cork and Hall. Was it a year ago? Oh, the New Japan Cup last year. Mm. Yeah, where, where Elgin almost where Elgin Ishii. dropping a Ishii on his fucking head. <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe that's a bad example <laughs> for safety reasons. But, but what a fucking match. I don't think I'm out of my mind with this one, man. I really don't. You know, I can't bury you for that. And again, I'm not, I'm, you, you make a convincing argument. Just saying. If I'm being completely objective of in-ring, again, put, let's put all the other stuff aside for just a moment. I, I understand. I'm not, gonna, I'm not discrediting it. I'm not downplaying. I'm not doing nothing. In-ring. I'm taking Elgin every fucking day of the week. What is, what is it Sonata's made? I th- first of all, problem with him, Sonata, he looks like absolute shit. That beard is awful. I know everyone says it. His looks have got progressively worse since he debuted in New Japan. I can see he's trying, like, there's a bit of crowd interaction going at the start of this match, and he's sort of gesturing to the crowd. But it seems like, I don't know, maybe he's just a bad actor. He's not good at emoting and projecting those emotions that you need to do in pro wrestling. And he's terrible on the microphone. His post-match... Uh, victory promos are all the same like what is it it's like oh this is my favorite town or something like that and Mm. that that doesn't cut it at this level for someone who's supposed to be an up-and-coming star i know he's like what 31 he's not exactly young on the the new japan scale of things but i think it's that i think it's his inability to emote joel he has every advantage holding him back he has every advantage working for that company Right, he's got every. He's got the look. He's got the 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 uh, the the background. The people know him. Um, he, he has everything going for him. He has every advantage. I would take I would take Michael Elgin right now over him any day of the week, in ring, any day of the week, any day of the week. Yeah, and again, I'm still confused my thoughts on this match because it did take a while to get going the crowd were really quiet but the closing stretch was really good but then when I most is that on Godo? I'll tell you what I'll give, I'll give credit to Godo on that I'll give credit no, to Godo right, on that David none of the none of Sonata's matches are bad he doesn't have bad matches they're, they're actually very consistent but they just never hit that next level if we're talking about ceilings it's it's like four four and a quarter star ceiling and he's never gone above that he really has, but, but yet, but yet, 
I don't know. I, I mean, even we're guilty of it. May, again, maybe today's just my fucking breaking point. I'll look, presence, style, uh, whatever you want to, whatever fucking intangible you want to give me. He's in the hottest fucking faction in the company. He's a good looking boy and he's got a lot of charisma, sort of that silent, mysterious, macho aura about him. And that was very appealing to me, like when he first joins and he had the skull mask and the baseball bat and he he looked great. He had a yep. really great look and he had a great presence about him. But the longer it's gone on, it makes me think there's there's nothing else there. There's nothing below the surface of that. Very athletic, very good wrestler, very good wrestler. But is there that it factor, that intangible that's going to push him to really connect with the crowds and become a big star? And I don't think it's there. Right. And and again, if you just take all that, but like all that he has and again, given to him is the, is the is the wrong term, mind you, because he's worked hard to to be where he is right now. It just feels like where this guy is and who he he is and 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 the results that he has been able to deliver versus people that don't have those advantages at all and go out there and fucking make it happen almost on a you know when when they get the shoulder tap it happens this the the the, the goodness in this match i'm going to be brutally honest i feel like it's on godo godo was the star of this match not sonata yeah i i can't say that you're wrong damon and maybe we just need to recalibrate our expectations of Sonata because, like I say, I think he is a very good wrestler and he can put on very good matches. But maybe that is it. Maybe that's all we're going to get with him. He feels like, for for a dumb sports analogy, he feels and and you know I'm, I feel stupid even saying it because ninety percent of the people aren't going to understand it or get it. But he is the Mike Schmidt of of New Japan Pro Wrestling in the sense of. Lots of power numbers, lots of home runs, but you know Philly fans would get on this guy so much for choking in big situations when you needed him. All-time great, probably the best third baseman ever in the Phillies uniform, but he still had that fucking stigma about him. All right, maybe that was a shit analogy. Nobody's going to get that. All right, whatever. But that's how I feel, so fuck me. But, right Damon, I was, do you think it's significant that Sonata is the last LIJ member left in the New Japan Cup? That does say something. Yes, I, I think that's important. Uh, again, I don't think the company is is you know treating them. I, I again, I think the company gives them every advantage. I think the company does every everything in their power to fucking help this guy. I don't know, man. I, I just I, I like like I said, I see the potential. I see the athleticism, as Jim Ross would like to say. I see. Uh, you know, just spurts and spots. the hunkiness. I see the hunkiness, even though he does everything in his fucking power to 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 to, <laughs> to, to ruin to, it with that fucking it. beard. Oh, what a shit look that is! What a terror. Seriously, if why is no one said to him? Why is none of his Lij boys just pulled him aside and go, "Say it, mate. Yeah. You look like shit. You've got to get rid of that beard." Look, if you're into guys, if you if you're into guys, and you look at him, you got to shake your head and be like, "What are you doing?" You're an attractive guy. What the fuck are you thinking with this? 
right? Chris Charlton, sorry, Chris Charlton tweeted something, said that his wife said that she, it looks like Sonada's trying to make his head totally symmetrical where the, the beard is <laughs> replicating the hairstyle on top. The top and the bottom, but he's like a perfect, like a, uh, I don't even know what they're called, never mind. Um, but seriously, if, if, you, if you like guys, if you're sexually attracted to guys, you 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 got like me saying he's a hot guy means nothing because what, what the fuck that mean? Um, I be I be I tell you what this is this is what I would love if you've made it this far in this show God bless you but uh, if you're into guys and you've made it this far give us your thoughts on on Sonata's look right give us your thoughts you're the ones that that matter give us give us your take on what the fuck's going on with this guy. Well, um, one more question on this. Is Hiroki Goto a geek? Gatekeeper. He's a, he's a gatekeeper. That's a geek. He's not Yoshihashi level. Yoshihashi's a geek. He's going to the I do think he's, he's, I, I mean, going out in the first round of the New Japan Cup, pre-show of Wrestle Kingdom, he's a fucking good wrestler, Goto. He's being underused. Yeah, he's he is a good wrestler. He's just dry as fucking toast. Needs something. Needs something new, something fresh. Um, I gotta be honest with you. Aside from Will and Okada, and maybe Rapongi three K to a certain level, they got a lot of fucking geeks in that stable. <laughs> that fashion's full of geeks. Um, look, he he is what he is at this point. He's a gatekeeper, Chief Jay Goto, man. We said it before, Chief Jay Goto. He's like he's a he's the baby face guy that you need to establish a star on. Sonata's your guy right there at this time. Okay, uh, John Emright asks best round one match. Uh, Abushi Naito. I I went Abushi Naito, uh, Elgin. Okada, and what did I do third? Nagata Ishii. Yeah, it's probably there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, I'm, just, I'm quickly going through. I love Tana uh, Umino. I really did. I really loved that a lot. Zack and Evil was great, too. <sighs> yeah. Abushi, Abushi Naito. Elgin Okada. Might have been Zack Evil, to be honest with you. Might have been Zack Evil. But but honestly, Nagata Ishii, great. Tanahashi Umino, great. But yeah, I'll go that route. All right. Well, let's do uh, before we get out of here. Just quick predictions for the next round because I suppose we should preview this. Uh, so the next match will be this Wednesday, March the thirteenth in Okayama. So uh, Ishii versus Taichi. Who's winning? You would figure Ishii, right? I'm right? really looking forward to this. I think there's going to be a great dynamic there. I do too, actually, and and and, and matchup wise, it's probably the most intriguing one. Um, they haven't. They I don't think they've ever had a singles match together, have they? Uh, no, not to my knowledge, because Taichi is relatively fresh as a heavyweight, right? Um, um, uh, Taichi could very well go on. That that would not shock me to see him move on. It really wouldn't. Um, but I'm going to go Ishii. And then Yoshihashi versus Chase Owens. It's got to be Chase, right? I hope it's Chase. I I, I don't give a... I, 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 yeah, 
that to me, that's the feel good story of, of, of new Japan cup of him finally seeing some success. So, uh, maybe a screwy job, maybe a fuck up finish, whatever, but I'm, I'm uh, chase would be great. I would love to see that. Let's stick with that part of the bracket then. So then you'd have what Ishii against chase Owens. At, at, you know, that's, that's crazy, right? Um, Ishii's got to win, right? You would think at that point. Yeah, it's either going to be Ishii versus Chase or it's going to be Taichi versus Yoshihashi. I can't see any other combination going there, but yeah, probably Ishii going through from that part of the bracket. Uh, then on Thursday, March 14th from Nara, lovely place, Nara. I went there. There's a big park full of deers and you can feed the deers these little crackers and they'll headbutt you if you, you don't feed them enough uh, we have Kazuchika Okada versus Mikey Nichols um, I see it's like a little showcase match for Mikey Nichols to show what he's all about but Okada's winning Okada's winning yeah I don't think there's any question about that uh, Okada um, well I was going to say feels like he's got a an easy easy way in here but um, yeah you, you got to go Okada with this one and then Will Ospreay against Lance Archer We're, I mean you, you have to go with Ospreay but then Having Okada against Osprey, that feels like a match that's too big for the quarterfinal of the New Japan Cup. That feels like a, a match that can sell a lot of tickets. Yeah, it does. Um, plus, 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 Osprey's got the never title. Hmm. Although, how about Ishii Osprey for the never title? I'm going to go Will. I'm going to say Will moves on. Okay, so then you'd have, what, Okada against Osprey in the quarterfinal. Not bad. Are you looking for a prediction on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, sorry. Presumably it's got to be Okada, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okada moves on. Uh, okay. And so then you would have, what, Ishii against Okada in the semifinal yeah. in this half of the bracket. Yeah, that's exactly what I have, actually, written down on this very notebook in front of me. Mally's just sent me a photo uh, of a cat turd in the litter tray with a caption, good night. That is a sausage. This is sausage. It's a sausage. <laughs> All right. Okay, no, no, come on. We've we got, we got to do the proper preview. Nearly done here. Nearly done. Okay, so Saturday, March 16th, Krakon Hall, Tanahashi versus Taguchi. Tanahashi, yeah? Should uh, be yes, a fun Tanahashi. match. Tanahashi, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And then Ibushi against... What? what? Ibushi Naito. No, that's not correct. It will be Ibushi against Zack Sabre Jr. The website's wrong. Ibushi ZSJ. Yeah, Ibushi uh, beats Zack. This is where Zack picks up his first loss. Oh, so then you're saying in the quarterfinals, we're getting a rematch from the G1 final. We're doing Tanahashi Ibushi in the quarterfinals. So quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup, we're getting Osprey Okada, Ibushi... Tanahashi, I don't know about that. Yeah, I have, t- I have uh, my bracket. I have Tanahashi Ibushi, um, Yano. I had Sonata, but now it's it's. Uh, um, yeah, I had yeah. So I had um, Tana over to Gooch, right? What well, you know, the question mark person. So I question mark there because I didn't know who was going to be. So Tana wins that match. Uh, yeah, Tana, Tana Abushi. Yeah. And then who wins? Ibushi? Yes, yes. All right. And then on Sunday, uh, Krakow Hall, we will have 
Colt Cabana against Toriano right. in a, cares, a silly right? match of silliness. Yeah, no one cares. Yano, presumably. Yeah, he's we'll give it to Yano. Tenured. Yeah. And then we have Sanada against Suzuki. And I think it's Sanada. And then the next quarterfinal will be what? Sanada against Yano? Yano, yep. And a rematch. Right? Uh-huh. That should be good. They, they've got good chemistry. Right, right. We're going then, Sanada. Then Sanada winning that and Nabushi uh, uh, beating Sanada. And then your final is Ibushi. Ishii. Ishii, okay. Yeah. And now, Ibushi I... wins? Yes, yes. And huh. now, again, there's a, I did kind of talk myself into Okada winning this whole thing, right? And going and beating Jay White at uh, Madison Square Garden and all that stuff. Um, what a way to end that show. But I'm going to stick to my guns and still go with Ibushi. I don't know. To me, that's too many big matches that you're burning on a New Japan Cup. I, I think there's going to be some upsets here. I don't think we're going to get Osprey, Okada, and then Ibushi Tanahashi and Ibushi Okada. I think though, especially Ibushi Okada, I feel that's been safe for something. But anyway, we'll have plenty of time to break this down on our next show. So I guess we'll be what recording next Monday after we've had the next round of matches. So watch this space. Enjoy. Let's finish up because we've been going nearly three fucking hours here. Um, any <laughs> anything you want to throw out there before I do the plugs and we get out? Do, of here? do the plugs. Let's get the fuck. Do out the here. plugs. Join Discord. Discord is great. Some awesome people on there. Really great chat and little informational tidbits like the thing I told you about the kendo stick going flying into the crowds. Really great discussion on there. Uh, visit our pro wrestling tea store. Pro dot forward slash super jcast. Buy a t shirt. Buy uh, Edit Dan's t shirt. Help Dan get to Japan. And let's thank Editor Dan. And visit his YouTube channel 219 Films subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network show some love for the daddy producer Andrew Rich and his amazing stingers and his Music of the Map show and all the other great shows on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network give us a 5 snake review on iTunes please it helps bump us up the iTunes rankings you can follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast thank you everybody for listening and goodbye credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.